We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is not here. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is our March 2019 commentary track, where we are talking The Matrix in honor of the 20th anniversary of The Matrix. Yes. Yes, Neo. We are doing it. Uh, this should be fun. Uh, joining me to discuss the matrix we have from Wise the Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, following the White Rabbit, it's Brandon Peters. Just happy to celebrate the career of NBA star Sean Marion tonight. <laughs> also joining us from Forbes, he won't worry about the vase, it's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Always a pleasure. It's been 20 years of, well, this is good. Go see Dark City. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm also happy to discuss the second best Matrix film. That's me, though. <laughs> we talked about Matrix Revolutions already. We did a commentary of that. I looked it up. 2013. So six years ago, we did a That's all I've been doing these wow. commentary tracks. <laughs> Technically, 12, seven years we've been doing these bond, the Bond commentary tracks. But yeah, just thinking about that, though, it's like, yeah, six years have passed since we last Feels like it wasn't Matrix. that long ago. I know. I was Jeez. looking at that, too. It was like, surely it came out like... Probably around Jupiter ascending. Nope. 2013 is when we talked about the Matrix Revolutions. It was a 10 year anniversary. Yeah, that's why that's why we talked about it. It makes sense yeah. now that I think yeah. about it. Like, yeah, that's why we did it for some reason. We chose the third Matrix movie to talk and about. And it was, I think it was because it was shorter, too. It's the same yeah. length as this movie, isn't it? I, I think it's... Uh, it's about seven minutes, seven or eight minutes shorter. Okay. Well, um, well, it's all building up to when we do our Matrix Reloaded commentary, I guess. Yeah! <laughs> Which, yes, I would definitely be excited about. But for now, that's what we're doing here. And for those at home, if you want to play along with us, uh, Scott, Brandon, and I all have the movie paused at five seconds in. And when I count down from three and say go, we're going to press play and just start talking about the movie. So if you plan to watch it with us, then yeah, good for you. And that's all you have to do. If you're just listening to listen, you're good already. You, you just keep being groovy. Uh, but yeah. I think we're all good. You guys ready? Yes. Okay, let's yes, Neo. Let's do this then. Three, two, one, go. Oh crap, it's a blue pill. Has it always been this green? Yes. Yep. Right? Warner Brothers got fancy with it. Mm -hmm. This movie was like I'm gonna put it up there. I know we've talked I think we've talked about a couple of these, but this is like one of my favorite like cinema going experiences ever was this one because it was a huge surprise to me like i did you go opening night i did i went open okay so i was it was like right before my spring break in one of my years in high school makes sense because uh, it came out uh, first. <laughs> yeah right so the next day the next day i was going to florida with my family and my friend uh, we we're just like hanging out and i was like you want to go see the movie matrix Compass? i was like yeah sure okay okay and um it was something I wanted to see, but I just was like, okay, it's that big movie in the spring I'm going to see. And I just floored by this movie leaving it. Like, I couldn't believe, like, it overshadowed my spring break just thinking about, like, how cool The Matrix was. And it was also everyone's first DVD. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about but, the distribution of this film. But, um... Right. It was marketing you probably couldn't, like, have back then. Because, I mean, it was What is The Matrix? Mm-hmm. And they didn't tell you what the matrix was you couldn't find you couldn't dig i mean early reports we were talking before this um was that they were filming a sequel to johnny mnemonic like that's <laughs> what a lot of people are reporting because it was keanu reeves sci-fi thing it's like why would they make a sequel no one liked or saw that movie. and as we all know if an actor sticks with the genre it's probably a sequel to the last time they did that genre exactly. that's the only possible exactly. explanation <laughs> exactly so it was just kind of this okay what is this and i just 
I just never, you know, and I had had some experience with anime before this, but just wow, just there's nothing like this. No, and it and it totally kneecapped Star Wars: The Phantom Menace coming a couple months later because that was supposed to be the special effects. You've never seen anything like this uh, showcase, and this one was doing stuff we'd never even imagined possible. I think there's certainly more to speak to that as we kind of get into it. But Scott, what was your? When did you first see The Matrix? I was actually in Japan when this opened, so I did not. Not only did I not see it on opening weekend, you know, this was back in 1999 when there weren't a ton of reviews out beforehand. It wasn't until I got back into the states that a the movie was getting rave reviews, and b it had opened a you know 35 million dollars over its five day weekend. That then was huge, especially for a non summer film that wasn't necessarily expected to be the next big thing. Um, I saw it, I think, that Tuesday, and I liked it a lot. Um, and it picks, but, you know, it worked very well as as a very straightforward Joseph Campbellian hero's journey adventure story. Um, the action was good, but restrained. You know, I mean, the, the, the film isn't, Filled with wall-to-wall spectacle. It's not wall to wall. It's a good like it's a good forty minutes where there's nothing mm-hmm. really happening in terms of like action beats. Like it takes but in terms time. of in terms of action, you hadn't seen it done like this oh, for before. Sure. So when yeah. it was, it was just jaw dropping. Yeah, and it's not that's not unlike a martial arts movie. There's a lot of time. There, yeah, you, right. you can you can look at it, you can highlight the best martial arts movies and realize there's only like you know three or four <laughs> big fight sequences. True. In, in yeah. between, there's a lot of character stuff going on or whatever the plot requires. Here it's pretty oh. similar. I mean, you get a lot. The most of this is the the Joseph Campbell journey. It's mostly it's about Neo realizing things and being philosophized too before he actually comes into his own and starts doing stuff to kind of show what he can do. Right, but it, and, and you know, like Star Wars, it comes from different mm-hmm. influences to form that journey that you know were around. Like there was you know Ghost in the Shell, Dark City, as we mentioned, but I mean. Let's put um, it into an original feel. Yeah. Let's talk about this scene real quick because it's a big opening. Um, you're establishing that Trinity, among others that we'll meet, are you know they're unlike people that can move in the real world, in the physical mm-hmm. world um, that that we're being presented with as of now. Um, and it's great. I mean, you get a great. I mean, exactly what you're describing. You get something you haven't seen before as far as the camera rotating, seeing mm-hmm. the wire foo start to come in action, and you also get these enigmatic men in black characters right here. Um, all of that said, we're getting to what is my least favorite shot in this movie, which is right here. Not your ear. This is obviously the cool. jump. The, this this jump is cool, where she jumps over the thing and it's like super mm-hmm. big. It's this jump where she does like a torpedo dive into the other room. It just looks bad to me every every time I watch this movie. It just it kind of feels weird. I don't know. Well, it's not necessary. It's it's showy, just for the sake of being showy, and. It's this right here. Yeah, she looks and she yeah. sees, and I I get what's being accomplished. It just something. It just feels off from the rhythm of the rest of the film in terms of visuals because it looks like the most like rotos like right, right here. Right, it just right, looks right. it just looks weird to me every time I see that. Well, it, it doesn't even make sense because when she goes through the window, she's in a different direction almost. You know, it it's it's and again it's it's a it's a well it's it's oh, it's a relative nitpick obviously yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah I agree with you it is artificial in a way that a lot of this action isn't even the more spectacular stuff because you're either slowing it down or showing it in a wide frame and that's just yes. like a, here's a person in front of a green screen and look how green screen it is like that's that's kind of what it gives me yeah that's it that's um, one minor thing the rest of this this whole chase works for me really well 
Yeah. Even this stuff, because you don't know what's happening here. You're like, right. why, why would a phone be necessary in this situation? How is this mm. making sense? Where did she go? <laughs> like, wh right. wh what does all of that mean? I don't know, but I'm certainly intrigued to find out. Um, so it's a pretty killer opening like it, it and mm -hmm. it's mixing a, a ton of stuff because you have like there's something about computers it seems like it's the 40s maybe but it's not there's cell phones there's cops there's person in black leather that doesn't seem like it's the 40s at all like it's noir it's, it's sci-fi it's yeah, slows it's up time or... yeah time is slowed right. down so there's a lot of australians i don't know why it's just weird like there's a whole bunch <laughs> of things going on in this movie no, it's it's it, yeah, it it totally ca it's fascinating, captivates you, and it's I mean, you know, people are you like, well, it was done in this before this. Like this was like nothing in mainstream blockbuster pop culture cinema at the time, at all. Yeah, I mean, you can conceptually, yeah. There's it has a, everything I, came it, from something. Yeah, it it has. I mean, it has a. The, we've talked about Joseph Campbell already. It's not like that's everything new, and but at the same time. It, yeah, the structural, it, we're um, concept-wise, yeah, it crosses a few streams with Existence and Dark City and the 13th Floor, which all came out relatively close to each other. It was all yeah. building to this. Somebody was going to get it right, and this was the movie that got uh, that feel. That, in terms of mainstream yeah, yeah. acceptance, especially. And I, I think one of the reasons is because, you know, for better or worse, it hits every spot on the Joseph Campbell heroic journey, more so even than Star Wars. Um, I think casting uses, is also key as well, but yes, keep going, yes. Scott. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, so it uses that very classical, archetypical template to render this very complicated fantasy world easy to understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, that's, it's, it's, it, so you it, can savor the details because the plot is pretty simple, frankly. Yeah. And that's it, not an insult at all. It, that's why it, Avatar it, works. <laughs> yes. Because and, the plot is incredibly straightforward, but it has so and, much more going on. And in addition to, you know, sets and costumes and lighting, the the Wachowskis have a, a, like a Sam Raimi eye with the camera that was fresh and new, too. So they were sh they were taking the like similar looking things, but their vision made it they were able to capture it more in a more interesting unseen way. Yeah. I think than the, the, the others were the unsung heroes of this. And I mean, you mentioned Sam Raimi. I mean, Bill Pope mm -hmm. shot this movie and the Spider-Man trilogy. So it, right. it goes when it comes to the territory, but I think Bill Pope, uh, Don Davis in terms of composing and Zach Steinberg, who won an Oscar for the editing in this movie, they're the, all, all of these guys and even Joel Silver, as far as having, you know, wanting to give this vision its own life. Like, it all came to get, and what, Yo Wing Pin? Like, there's so many, like, great people behind the scenes on something like this that just makes it come to life in its own unique way. And yeah, sure, mm -hmm. certainly the Wachowskis, you know, they had a vision and they were given the, you know, what they needed to, to fully realize that and be, make this kind of live action anime come to life and be so successful. Right. Um, and, you know, to, to state the obvious, Keanu Reeves is an ideal for a couple of reasons he's ideal a because he's such a low-key presence so he's mm -hmm. never tried to compete with the spectacle mm. right um and because you know to a certain extent he's kind of i don't want to say he looks like a cartoon character but you know he, he there is a certain anime come to life anime, anime quality, yeah, anime quality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. a reason he gets fan cast as spike all the time for cowboy yeah. bebop like it makes you can um, see that and, you know, he is such a, a striking screen presence. Yeah, um, and this is the perfect, like, this is the perfect role. Like, there couldn't have been a more perfect person for this part than him. Like, it, this yeah. is the one he, this is the one where it's like, oh, he is really good at this acting thing, you know, because he was always 
uh, criticized like heavily around this era for his talents and stuff, and even maybe for this movie. But this is the, I mean, this is this is it. This is the perfect one um, for to well, capitalize his talents. I, I think we talked about this when we talked about it on our Johnny Mnemonic commentary. As far as when did Keanu really come into his own? And while I think there's there's obviously highlights before this movie, I mean, Speed is mm-hmm. another one we talked about yeah. where we addressed the same thing. But like, there's there's you know, I don't think he's ever been a specifically bad actor, but it's certainly around this time, around like the late '90s, is I think when he found a groove as far as which projects to really pick that highlight what he's good at doing. Mm-hmm. I think there's yeah. there's less of this kind of fish out of water element to his performances from you know around this point onwards. Oh. And you know. Across from him, Carrie Ann Moss, it sucks that there weren't just more good projects for her because she is a stunning talent. Like in this and in Memento, like she's got something mm-hmm. that they just couldn't figure out with her. Well, so there weren't movies available for her because she is a masterful presence. In- the problem with her as you know, career-wise is she looks like an adult. You yeah. know, she is slightly, I think she's slightly older than Keanu Reeves. And she certainly plays like, I don't want to say a mother figure, but... You know, this she's you know, actually three she's years younger. One... Oh, wow. Well, yeah. fair enough. Point being, she's not the one that you cast as a 25 year old nymphet that gets, you know, schooled in the hard knocks of life by the, you know, dashing lady mad. No, that's why she plays, right. you know, the executive lawyer in Jessica yeah. Jones. Like, that's right. Like... Um, and, you know, it's, 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 but yeah, I, I, because she is an adult in this picture, she's not being cast as a nymphet or, or other somewhat, you know, a youngster, for lack of a better word, it does separate, you know, set this romance apart from a lot of conventional fantasy films where it's a, they're both adults. B, if anything, she's more adult than he is. Yeah, well, clearly. Um, I mean, like, yeah. She's, yeah. she's experienced in the world of the Matrix, especially in, yeah. in these movies. He's like, she's clearly um, experienced in what in Mor- Morpheus's teachings already, and is. She's. I mean, if you look at the, not to talk too much about the sequels, but if you look at the sequels, it's like she and Morpheus are more in control of what they're trying to do than Neo. Neo's just kind of the yes. muscle in those movies, which well, I, like. Well, yeah. I like. She brings I like. a degree of why are they wasting their time on him? Why can't she just go take care of things? Mm-hmm. You know, like she's that good. Um, well, I think the whole which... thing, like, isn't the whole thing that she could have been the one and she's not, but now she's devoted to finding the one? Isn't that part she's of it? She's going to fall in I love with the so. one. <laughs> Um, I like that Neo's boss like resembles an agent just without glasses, and it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's like a turtle and an agent combined. <laughs> and this movie, I mean, has a great, I mean, suspense, like terrific in this movie. Well played, like the the scene where he's wandering with the cell phone through the office coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's real nail biting stuff here. Like, it's. Yeah, I like the little low-key chase when he's, like, ducking through the office. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's great. mm -hmm. Um, Well, even this sequence, I mean, it's a genuinely compelling dramatic scene with, frankly, you know, uh, I don't know if this guy's been in anything else, but, you know, it's a blink-and-you-miss-it sequence. Um, You speak to Keanu's casting, and we can talk about that for a second, because I, you know, I, I think many know that Will Smith was pitched mm-hmm. this movie like he could have been yeah. the star of the match he could have been neo and i like will smith i don't think he would have worked in this movie or at least it would not right. have turned out the way this nope. movie turned out not uh, at that time not at that not time. at that time yeah i think a, a later will smith probably could have worked it like this but a, la- this a later time, will smith would have played what morpheus. was expected of him yeah later, we, he right would, he would have been morpheus at this point <laughs> I, I i do have a gripe there's a fantastic documentary on shutter called the horror noir mm-hmm 
And th- they they poke at this movie. Uh, they they go over the the magical black man uh, thing in cinema, and they poke at Morpheus in this movie as being part of that stereotype. But that that role was supposed to be Val Kilmer when it was Will Smith. So I'm like, I don't think it was written to be that way to begin with. But uh, I don't I, I, think like, it was written that way, and I don't think I just think, unfortunately, for better or worse. This film was so popular and such a big impact on the culture that when people think of that stereotype, this is the first movie that comes to mind. Gotcha. Because it was supposed to be, yeah, it was Will Smith and Val Kilmer. And then they're like, okay, we're going to change that. And And honestly, the the first movie that comes to mind when I think of magical black Negro characters is the Will Smith flop, Legend of Bagger Vance. Vance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's where it started coming to play. And then I was like, and this movie got pointed a finger at in that documentary. I'm like, ah, do you guys know that it was going to be Val Kilmer? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It was, it was yeah, one I, little nitpick with a fantastic. Go watch it. Oh, it's, it's a documentary that needs to be longer. If anything, like that's it's, yeah, it's, yeah, there's yeah. so much there to mine with this movie and with the Wachowskis in general. The last people, especially yeah, know, the last... now, given given where the Wachowski <laughs> brothers have gone since this movie and become the Wachowskis, that that, that term but, doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know this, but even I, mean, I think we talked about this in our revolutions commentary. It's this is a movie where you know people of color and women play huge roles in the shaping of the the, the reality everyone's currently existing mm-hmm. in. Like they're a majority in this in this movie. And not not to be a dick about it, but frankly, I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people don't like the sequels. Hmm. Yeah. Um, again, that's that's pure speculation, but there's stuff that the sequels that you know, like the big rave sequence. Eat, which yeah, I, I have to wonder if it had been a bunch of hot white people dancing and getting sweaty if anyone would give it a shit. I don't, I don't know about that. It was just kind of a, it was something people hadn't seen like on screen yeah. before, and and you put sex in a kind of sexless movie, like the movie beforehand was all this macho stuff, and then you put this weird rave, you know, this rave scene there. It was kind of. At that point, the beginning, the rave scene, and then paired with the architect scene at the end, uh, was the first thing you see, and then the the last thing you see, you know, didn't set with immature viewers that weren't ready for maybe something like that. Yeah, that's um, a deeper conversation, I think, for our other commentary <laughs> track. <laughs> but I, yes. I, Which, I, I think there are, you have points on both sides here, and we can, we can stay right. six years from now. We'll get into more to that, I suppose. <laughs> In the meantime, let's watch Neo not ascend a an elevator. And in the theater, I was thinking, is he about to jump on this elevator? <laughs> that does not happen. I like this shot right here of the phone. Um, mm-hmm. a, a good, especially the way it ramps, where he just kind of drops it, and then it just like immediately falls down. Like that's a fun, like use of slow motion. Um, it's fun thinking about how this is shot on film, by the way, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all, all of these films actually. Um, it looks it. It does, and it has this. It adds a neat quality, given that this is a digital world that we're in, and yet we're we're watching mm-hmm. a movie that's you know shot analog essentially. So it's a. Uh, it plays well when you see all these monitors and stuff, and you feel that extra level of texture because you're watching a, a movie like this on film. And you know, no, frankly, and not to get into. Uh... You know, that conversation, I think one of the reasons that Phantom Menace, warts and all, holds up is because it still, at that point, looks like a Star Wars movie in terms of how it's Tangible. shot. Well, yeah, and it at the time, in, it didn't, tangible. though. At, at the yeah. time, it didn't because all the architecture yeah. and stuff was so radically different, which it's just, you know, at the time, 
you fault Lucas, but then you're like, you know what? He was smart because, you know, things back then weren't going to be exactly looking like they, you know, do when they were like, you know, he's, yeah. he's a, he's a, a, he's a smart mind that, you know, doesn't get the credit because, I well, mean, that's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's why I look at clones as the least of those prequels yes. because, because Phantom Menace at least has a feel that I can appreciate while Sith at least seems like it's coming into its own as far as what story it's trying to tell. Um, anyway, those are other commentaries, two of which we've done. Um, and the third yes. one, I will come this year, actually, for Revenge of the Sith. That'll be our Woo-hoo! next Star Wars commentary. Sure you don't want to just do Last Jedi? We de- need the clicks, right? In, de- in December. <laughs> no, that, that'll, <laughs> that'll come when they when the fans put the, rema- the, the remake of Last Jedi out. We'll do the commentary for Last Jedi that month when, when they finally get the, the money they need for that one. Um, <laughs> the fans. I use fans because, you know, that's what they are. They're true fans. Um, this is a great initial confrontation between Agent Smith and Neil. The the meet between Hugo Weaving, Hugo Weaving, another great like cast choice here. <laughs> like it's the the attitude, the lack of or I guess whatever you want to call it, but the emotion he puts on display, the way he, every line delivery delivery feels as pronounced as anything Walken would do in a role like this. It's just perfect. It feels great. It's, it got him a career. I mean, like he yeah, yeah he was already but... like he was internet like Australia. He was like mm-hmm. building something like what, what, what uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert or whatnot. Yes. But like here, it's yeah. like this guy needs to be in more stuff. <laughs> uh, I think it's telling to his skills as an actor that he is one of the funnier things in this trilogy and one of the least funny parts of the Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> <laughs> um. And an action yeah. superstar in the Hobbit trilogy. Let me tell you, yes, he's got a whole course. like him and Gandalf and Gadriel have a whole like Gauntlet Legends yeah. wizard battle sequence against like orcs or whatever. That is fuck. pretty cool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's a thing I can praise about that. <laughs> that movie, those movies. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk about when I saw the Matrix. I saw it late. Um, I did not see it opening weekend. Uh, this was the year that I was <laughs> that I was bar mitzvahed. Uh, as far as how old I was, so I was certainly Dear the perfect God. age. <laughs> I was the perfect age for, you know, this kind of movie in regards to who's in it, what's going on. Are you on, old enough to drink alcohol yet? Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I didn't see it opening weekend, which means everyone at middle school was very much talking about it. <laughs> the, the week, the week, you know, the week after, after the weekend ended. It was your RoboCop, and yeah. it, it was. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's weird because like I was, I was like, I want to see this. I like Keanu Reeves and stuff, and the previews look cool. But for whatever reason, I just didn't like get to see it that weekend when it came out. It happens, Weird- yeah. Yeah, weirdly, I did see the Out of Towners, which opened that weekend. The remake was this week, Steve Martin and Goldie. <laughs> Why aren't we doing that commentary? <laughs> it's it's uh, our double feature with my fellow Americans when we're doing that. <laughs> exactly. This is this moment where the the, the mouth closes. Oh, yeah. It's such a like oh, yeah. it's such a creepy like it's like the one like re- there's two like horror scenes in this movie. This one and like where they take the thing out of him. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's like this is really neat, but it's also terrifying because you're thinking. Especially because it looks real, you're like, "What if this did happen? What if my mouth closed well, up on me?" It starts making you have body harm to yourself mentally. You're yeah. like, "What would that feel well, like?" Yeah, this is like as Cronenbergian as the Wachowskis get until like Cloud Atlas when they really get into yeah. that kind of stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's such a primal. Both of these are just primal concepts. Yeah, you know, someone sewed your mouth shut basically mm-hmm. and dropped a freaking cockroach into your belly button. Robo scorpion into your belly button. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's horrifying and the effects uh, still work especially that last one where the yeah. tail's just wriggling because it's that seems practical it's just like yeah we can just throw yeah. a thing on there 
And I like that. Um, you think he's dreaming, and then he even he is the reaction that the audience does when he when they when they get it out of him. He's like, that, holy shit, that thing's real? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that did happen. <laughs> that is a thing. <laughs> um This has a big yeah. focus on like phones. It's like Oh, Wachowski's love yeah, phones. But, Bound is I mean, full of phones. These the all three of these movies are full of phones. Speed Racer's then, talking on the phone a lot. They, these they they like phones. <laughs> and it's crazy. Before this, all they had was Bound. Yeah, like and assassins, yeah. of course. Yeah, they wrote that, didn't they? They wrote assassins, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, Bound was their their crazy. testing. Like a giant yeah. leap. That's it's like what every every like buddy wants when they they have that indie filmmaker that goes right to blockbuster. I think the difference is that they already had this in mind and they right. needed to prove something, as opposed to <laughs> like they're just thrown into this world because like yeah, you did this, so why not? They're like guys, we know what we want to do. Uh, I guess we got to do this first, though. Okay, here, there. See, look, look at all these great reviews. Okay, can now that's a great the shot under the bridge. Uh, oh man. Oh yeah, yeah. The like the the noir stuff really fills the first half of this movie. Like you get right. a lot of just great shots. And that's uh, why, like, unlike you guys, this this one's my favorite. Uh, though I really do, I've I've come to like love the next one a lot. Um, but I think it's more the noir stuff in this one and spending more time in the Matrix, which is. Yes. Kind of my cup of tea. Whereas, the, like I pointed out probably in the previous one, that this one is like 75% Matrix, 25% in the real world, 50 50 the reloaded, and then reverse 75 25 for revolutions. Um, but that's why I kind of I kind of draw to, and plus Joey Pants is in this. Yeah, I mean that. the He's huge. I mean the reloaded ends with the better rage song. That's my thing. And revolutions doesn't have a rage song at all. So clearly that's the least of the three. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is oh. an ambitious movie, and the next one's like ridiculously ambitious. And there's a respect we had for that, but like, I, I yeah like. Upon first watching the the second one, I I, I kind of I liked it, but my my admiration for it grew over time. This one was just always been there from the get go, and I just I really liked the noir stuff to it. So that no, kind of my my response was immediate, and I keep rewatching it, thinking, "Am I wrong about this?" And I don't, but I want to save the rest of that for our reloaded commentary, honestly. We always oh. you know we talk about no, these I, yeah, matrix comes up all the time, yeah. and you guys are always reloaded. I'm like, okay, well, this one's my favorite. But you guys aren't wrong for liking the next one. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, no, this is I mean, an I'm incredibly wrong, successful thing, but... <laughs> standalone science fiction adventure film. Yeah. You know, like Star Wars, like you know, the first Pirates of the Caribbean. And, you know, we can debate whether, oh, should they have made sequels, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's... it's it's. Well, I mean, this, Pirates is so this... clear to me, too. Pirates is so obviously the second one is the better one to me. But it's, yeah. it's a Star Wars thing where it's like... Yeah. It's open to more adventure, but you don't have to have more. Like, which is what I liked yeah. about uh, recently, Mortal Engines. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. there's more stories that could be told here, but we're pretty satisfied if this is just it, you know? Well, I, you know, it's, it's my Universal Contact asked me what I thought of it after screening. I said, you know, I liked it, and thank you for not ending on a cliffhanger of the sequel that's not going to get made. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks for having finality to Hugo Weaving's character. <laughs> very, yeah. very specific finality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and this is very much that way. And then I, I really like the Animatrix follow-ups uh, oh, yeah, to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, man, you could have just kept going with this stuff. I oh, mean, that's a commentary, too. Been, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that also. Um, and, you know, about all the cutscenes from the game. You know? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> well, that was a 
that was a fascinating that multimedia. Was, oh yeah, yeah. Like, we got yeah. again. Like, that stuff yeah. we got to save for reloaded. <laughs> we're, we're teasing right. the audience too much on all these thoughts we'll have about this other stuff. <laughs> like that's both. Okay, so this one had a website. What is the Matrix? Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was it. Uh, yeah. it still works. It goes. It takes you to the uh the it's the purchase. The purchasing page for um, the Matrix on 4K. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked it up the other day. <laughs> and, and okay, Lawrence Fishburne, just uh, amazing. I love Morpheus. Um, oh yeah. This is skinny Morpheus. Um, <laughs> you know what he did with his residuals. This is pre-returning to Zion, um, but no, he's just—I don't know—he's something else here. I like uh, that Morpheus is comfortable enough to both have his body the same in the Matrix and in uh, real life in. Uh, and uh and reloaded and, and revolutions <laughs> it is weird um, that there's a st- like what happened because it's like surely he was still training like I, could just be a yeah. like could just be like a similar like martin lawrence it's not necessarily time it's just more what else he's doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> right regardless um, yes morpheus rocks like throughout this yeah, it's, I, it's I, such I, an iconic performance yeah like, I, he's I, my I think, like favorite character throughout these movies um and again, getting back to the point you made earlier, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that this is a you know a magical ne- necro trope, but this film is so iconic that it's easy to grab onto. You know, like a lot of times, you know, I know you've heard the phrase, uh, you know, Trinity Syndrome, which is basically when you have one ass-kicking female character that's introduced with a kick-ass opening scene and sort of blends in the background for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's some truth to that, less I... so I think in the sequels. But again, I think it's because this film was such a template for what came afterwards that you know it's it's it, it got sort of labeled in ways that it would not have had it been less groundbreaking and less influential. I could see her as launching that, but as far as she's suffering yeah. from, tra- I don't think that at all. I think she's very yeah. present in all three of these movies, and as far as yeah. what she contributes to the story. Um. I, I, yeah, um, I guess she's not the one, which, I mean, that's yeah. its own discussion right there, yeah. as far which that's, I think the, Lego, the, the Lego movie did a better yes. job than I will right now, as far as tackling yes. that subject. But, um, um, but as far, I mean, especially with the magical new, it's like, that's a that's so specific to, like, that's a lead character who's, like, on his own path and just needs a little bit of help. That's not what Neo's doing here. He's being, like, shown stuff for the first time mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Like, it's not... And Morpheus is the leader of this whole other group that needs to... He's, the man, he's a something. man with a mission. He has no magical power. He's yeah, just he's, he's in a, a, on a quest. He's not a helper. He's not... Like, that's what, yeah. like, that's what Morgan Freeman plays and in those roles. In or, yeah, especially the sequels, where he's on his own, like, yeah. personal journey of discovery. If he did that, he would be the guy... He would be the only, the only like, the only black person in the movie... And he would yeah, be the too. Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that would be it. Like, the Oracle uh, is clo- the Oracle is closer to a magical Negro character than it, but even then, that's still kind of... But even then, the Oracle's not like, oh, you yeah, saw it, the Oracle denies. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, you know. Um, yeah, the, the Oracle's kind of, a, kind of a turd, in a good way. She's a, she's a Yoda. No, she's just yeah, exactly. she's Yoda. She's right, a little, right, she's right. A little stinker. That's, she's a little stinker. That's that's the way to characterize yeah. her. She's a little stinker. Exactly. She's, she's getting uh, at his goat the way she needs to to get to get him to know what he needs to know. Yeah. These glasses are like the fucking coolest thing you could ever see oh, in a movie. Yeah. Like, the glasses so, like... and the cell phone is what you wanted after you saw the movie. You wanted yeah. the glasses, you wanted the cell phone. Yeah, and obviously trench coats, which can, you know, that had its own problems. But the glasses, Bro. because it seems like such a... It seems so otherworldly. It's like, how are they? They're staying on, I guess. It, it looks so cool on him. I'll never be able to pull that look off, but I want to try it anyway. Like, everything about these glasses works. 
I'm sure there's some outtake reel of him falling off constantly. That would yeah. just ruin the magic. <laughs> exactly. That's a great shot right there. The reflection with the pills. Also, pills. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> I mean, this this sequence right here is like the Wachowskis like Blade Runner. And but they're not going to make it look like they're going to do their own take on it. Like it feel it doesn't you know you could it feels like kind of uh where the toy maker lives and uh, the Roy Batty fight and stuff happened at the end of Blade Run- oh, yeah. Runner. But mm-hmm. it's like in its own way. Like you don't feel like hey look we like this. It's it's pretty original looking. Well, then this doing. is a classic ripoff. Don't remake. Right. Yeah. There's a bajillion influences and frankly some that I was not aware of at the time. But right. Oh, it, like it, anime. Is, it is the yeah. It is a complete original of its own accord, mm-hmm. and it became iconic unto itself. Mm-hmm. Right, um, we forget. We, yeah, we forget. You know, Star Wars was ripping yeah. things off. Indiana Jones ripping things off. Like that's, that's the way to go. And they, like, and they all and have I, their own. They all have their own style. Like this clearly has its own. It's it's it, you know it may be hearkening to Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell and Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop and among other things, but it's a. It, and John Woo, uh, but it has its own style as far as how everyone, you know, everyone's looking a very certain way. Here's a question: Was leather like a th- like this specific like leather trench coats? Was that a thing before the Matrix or after the Matrix? Well, we had Dark City. Uh, um, it was it was kind of not like that was a worldwide there hit was, that caught on. Um, and, you know, there was a goth uh, uh, like a heavy goth comeback in the mid to late '90s, so, so it was ass- kind of in there. Do we um, associate this with goth? I guess is my question. Do you remember Smashing Pumpkins a Door came out around this time where okay. they were wearing these yeah. long leather like, yeah, dress I like, things? Like an and... industrial metal was it like with like Marilyn Manson who's Te- on the soundtrack, obviously. Yeah, techno like... was techno. This techno this movie and... actually helped lift techno up to another level because it was around and it got really popular. Like it finally hit that kind of commercial apex because Chemical Brothers were around and stuff. The but prodigy, this soundtrack yeah. was huge. Huge. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the soundtrack when they go to the Matrix and they play that uh, that roller coaster song. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, then. Um, for now, uh, here's another like trippy sequence where it's like, what flip is me out, man, because this is where you find out what the hell this movie actually is. And what, me not knowing in the theater was like, what's going on? Yeah, and... preview wise, you don't get much of the outside the Matrix stuff, if I recall, right? Like, it no. and you would in seeing it if it, there is a clip or two, you wouldn't know what that yeah, was. You I mean, yeah, you're yeah. not. Even studying it, you just figure it'd be some scene within this house. Well, and the big tease of the trailers was, you know, him saying, you know, unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Yeah, which is a great, that's a great hook. That's a great call to action for a movie. (laughs) And also, they were running a check they could cash. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't something like, you know, the island, the island. Oh, wait, there is no island. Well, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a stupid part of that trailer in a movie that yeah. I think is overrated. But I mean, this is... and and it's such a great question that you know, no matter what anyone's imagining, they don't know the answer, and they're gonna be wowed when the answer is if you've got this seat. Like, because this movie's confident, like it just knows people are gonna be like, "What the hell?" Just like this, like, "What's going on? What's going on right now?" He's in a little yeah. slime pot, like, and your mind has to put it together as they're telling you and it's it's awesome like there's yeah, there was grotesque it, it's it's why without the... being gory mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah, a movie you want to you want to go back and see to see what other people react to <laughs> during this part yeah, like it's, that's it, it, it's why the spies in disguise trailer is as perfect as the matrix as far as not knowing what's <laughs> what to expect <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you are setting yourself up for disappointment, my friend. No, I, I'm not saying the movie itself, but the trailer. No, no, no. The trailer is Matrix level good because there's no way to guess where it starts versus where it ends. <laughs> like it's, no, nothing is as ridiculous as you could imagine before it gets to the end point of that trailer. <laughs> Spies in Disguise in theaters this September, starring Will Smith. <laughs> of not of the Matrix. Um, uh, Aladdin's Will Smith. Aladdin's Will Smith. Yes, Genie himself. This is. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Cronenbergian stuff already. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Now we have like, I don't even know what we got. Weird mech we got spiders, Akira, people Ghost covered in, in shell. Yeah, <laughs> Keanu's bald now, like like good bald because he probably did shave his head. Like, you know, it's like is this wild. the only time we've ever seen him bald in a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> um... I can't think offhand of any other time. Uh yeah, you have, a great, say, you have a great story the time you saw the original Ghost in the Shell, right? Uh, yeah, I took a friend um, <laughs> to, you know, it was, it was, you know, sort of a, it was a local theater that showed, you know, art house, whatever. She really wanted to see it, and she fell asleep. And um, you were like, I wish I, I would bored. have. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was bored out of my mind. That, uh, it just it just wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I appreciate its ideas. I just find it, didn't find it particularly compelling. Right. Yeah. It, it was funny because oh. I, uh, I, I'm not the biggest anime person myself. And uh, when I, like, I remembered seeing it like long ago. And then when the new movie was going to come out, I, uh, I watched it in preparation because I remember. And I was like, yeah, I'll take my time to get to that movie. <laughs> is he, oh. is he bald in the scan in a scanner darkly at like the end or something? I know he's like he's because he's like committed at oh, that point i'm trying to think yeah is he, is he uh, at the end of that movie no i think he's got hair i think he's, I think he's shaved i think he's shaved on his face Yeah, because he has like a beard the whole time right yeah okay was that I movie oh gosh i would we could do commentary on that oh, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a very good wow. philip k dick movie and richard, richard linklater movies <laughs> when i I, no. I I really like that was part of that that was that's that i love that into that downey jr resurgence too because he's right like, yeah him and harrelson are yeah, hilarious harrelson, yeah I dragged someone to that and they ended up freaking loving it. Mm-hmm. Once I was like, "No, I'd like I love this. I like this author. Let's go." And yeah, uh, like, oh, let's see. show me more. Is he bald in Little Buddha? Is that a thing? Mm. He's not bald. That makes sense. Buddha. He's not though. He has like he has like a long hair in that movie. Now that I'm looking at it, <laughs> I'm like just going. I'm running through Keanu movies right now. Let's we did this. I didn't finish talking about when I actually saw The Matrix, so I didn't see it. Uh, oh, yeah, it was people, middle school. People, yeah, people in middle school were talking about, like, how crazy it was. And I still, like, even though, like, they were describing scenes to me, like, the mouth thing, I still didn't, like, know what I was getting into. Like, I knew from the trailers, like, there'd be some cool action stuff, but I didn't know, like, where it was going to go for me. And by the and so my dad and I saw it either the that that following weekend or... It had to be. I can't imagine waiting two weeks before I saw The Matrix. It had to be that following weekend, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is my jam. Like <laughs> this is this is great. This is so. It, it has every. It has so many like great filmmaking aspects. As a kid who was becoming more and more interested in these types of things, as far as what makes a movie beyond just the movie itself, mm-hmm. and so I was just like floored by the concepts presented to me and how they're able to achieve them. And so it, before a DVD became a VHS that I was like, I watch this all the time now because I want to know about right. this. I want to study this thing. You guys are mentioning like the, the action I've been there. Like we haven't had any action since the Trinity opening sequence. We had a suspense sequence in the office and we had a uh, body horror bit. 
but we haven't had like a straight up action sequence. Yeah, like I said, yeah. we'll get we'll have that we'll have the Morpheus Kung Fu fight in like a few minutes. But then and after that, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah it's after another, that, nothing till after the Oracle. Yeah, it's another like forty minutes until the or yeah until Cipher betrays him. <laughs> you think Scott, this is your right. your you know you know they didn't have the money to do everything, so you got to focus on character type exactly. thing that you like to talk about. So, yeah, they yeah. have to make sure that the world building and exposition is, if anything, more interesting than the action sequences. Which and this movie not, can afford to, to do like, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's not to slight the action. What it's, what's there is very good. But it also, just by default of you know the, how it is, the action in this film is a bit more realistic than what we'd see in the sequels. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is a certain groundedness. You know, you want to compare Spider-Man versus Spider-Man Two, you know, oh, to yeah. a certain extent. Well, that comes uh, with increased budget and understanding of yes. how you want to film something like that. Yeah. I mean, that and just, um, yeah, just, just okay, people like this, do what you want, and increased talent behind the you know yes. the scenes as well. But I mean, but even that movie, there's still like. None of I mean, you look at any action movie, and none of them are rarely are they wall to wall action. Like the ones right. that yeah. stand out to you are ones be, stand out because you have iconic things about them that accept outside they're of the raid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah, the raid's its own like its own thing. Even that movie, still yeah, that takes build, a time. It, it does take yeah. Yeah, it builds up to it, which yeah, you know, and come then comes fast and heavy, <laughs> and it's great. And um, it's wonderful for all those reasons. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, but you're right. There are very few movies that I would consider non-stop acts. Maybe uh, you know, First Blood or Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I guess to a certain extent, you know, something like The Mummy Returns, which just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of it, but Terminator Salvation is pretty darn you know, mo- you know, beat after beat after beat. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the I think that's part of the problem with the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is pretty wall to wall. Oh yeah, yeah, Tinker, yes. Tinker Taylor. The train chase in that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. When Gary Oldman gets on the top. Yeah, it's it's that's pure Paddington level awesomeness there. Yeah, when Colin <laughs> when Colin Firth, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Hardy, uh, Mark Strong, all there's like a huge cast. <laughs> like they're they're all they're all Yo, shooting Alan at each Richard other up. behind boxes, just like that naked gun scene. <laughs> I want to see this movie. <laughs> Um, and even this, as remarkable of a scene as this is, it's just a white screen. Yeah. You know, that's cheap. Well, it's also because Morpheus looks so good at it. Like, this green tie. Yeah, it's like, I want like... that outfit, you know? <laughs> yeah. it's, like, you know it's, it's, it's always fun to watch a movie like this that is cheaper than you think it is to see how they get around their budgetary limitations. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sure. you know, and it's all—it's just so utterly intriguing too. Like you just, yeah. and just even like the ship itself, the Nebuchadnezzar. It's like look at this radial thing and these guys with yeah. the rags, and then they have like these needles. They're gonna plug into my head now. It's like you're never not like curious or intrigued or what have you by anything on frame. Like there's not a wasted moment in terms of production mm-hmm. design. And Except I mean, for that the, one shot of Trinity, like I said. And <laughs> they're, basically, they're basically throwing in the concept of like Nightmare on Elm Street here, whereas if you, you know, go, the, you know, and there it's the dream world here, it's the Matrix, or if, you know, you get hurt, hurt there, and you, you can expand your mind and do s- supernatural things there. I mean, it's another concept that's been done before, but in a fresh new, like, you forget even that it's doing it from something else kind of mm-hmm. way. Um. Keanu Reeves has not been bald in any other movie. I've done thorough research oh. on this at this point. So it's like I cannot find it. Um, he certainly has never been in a movie without eyebrows. 
that's that's got to be true. I'm not going to do that search. <laughs> um, and I love that you know, they don't know all the information about how all this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that adds to the mystique. Yeah, no, I like that Morpheus is, for being as all-knowing as he kind of presents himself as, he's still telling you, like, a fable, essentially. Like, yeah. he's still he's still trying to communicate something that he's hazy on all the exact details, but he knows how to present. He's, he's a great pitch man. Like, he, he knows how to get you on his team. <laughs> but if you're he has, him to dig he has no details. idea that this is, what, the sixth time it's happened? Yeah, exactly, right? Like... <clears throat> um, and the sequel logic is airtight but that's another discussion i'm sorry <laughs> uh, yeah and with the, you know this i don't want to talk about reloaded again but i think one thing that comes into mind that i think to me is a big factor that i'm noticing people don't care for now but like enjoying the ride whether you like the architect scene or not towards the end of the the reloaded like the ride to get there is fun as hell like didn't you enjoy that and that, I mean, I'm, there, you a, know. That, that's a whole different problem that's become more of a thing, I think, in recent years, when you, mm-hmm. which we, is a whole different topic that will become too frustrating to keep going on. But as far as, right. you know, articles that focus on all the things wrong with or plot holes or right. what have you, it's like, that's not, for one thing, like, plot, plot holes is a very specific thing that does not apply to most of the things people apply plot hole to. But also, mm-hmm. it takes away from, yeah, this kind of journey where you just have to kind of go with it sometimes. You can't, like, like accept yeah. every single hole to be filled because frankly that just there is either an eight hour version of this movie or you just don't like doing things you don't understand (laughs) you don't understand what movies do or what Uh they can do and it's like like kind of like the the tv show lost ended in a way that you know people were happy but damn that ride was fun we had great speculation Mm -hmm. water cooler it's like wasn't that fun like there were great episodes that you had great seasons leading up to sure the ending kind of underwhelmed but the ride was fun. That image of the baby getting surrounded by fluid is very creepy, by the way. Too. I forgot how much creepy stuff there actually is. In yeah, this I movie. forgot how much body horror there is. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of body horror here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yes, Brandon, you're exactly right as far as what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> well, I, part of it, I think, is unfortunately, for whatever reason, a lot of people today, or at least a lot of people on the internet, I don't know what, what extent that represents the general populace, don't understand that there are scenes in movies that exist only to further character. Yeah. You know, it's the big example that everybody picked on was, you know, back in, you know, for Fargo, the one scene where she hangs out with her high school, you know, buddy that turns out to be a con man or whatever, or whatever he's up to. And, you know, that, that's purely a character scene. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I would argue there is a point to it because if she, if that yes, scene, if that scene, didn't, yes. Yeah, if that scene didn't happen, she wouldn't go back to question Macy a second time yes. and get away with it. Right. Um, but that is that that is ex, that is thematic exposition purely for sure. character, yeah, which is for something sure. that I think people don't get, or some people don't get anymore. Yeah, um, which is also curious because it's like the fifth Coen Brothers film. It's like you guys don't get what they're doing at this point. <laughs> like they, they, it seems, <laughs> seems like they've tapped into something. But for a lot of people, that was the first Coen Brothers film too. For many, I mean, um, first a lot of people may have gone back or not realized. <laughs> Had seen one before. Well, and even that, you know, you know, twenty three years ago, people were nitpicking on the scene, but it didn't stop them from enjoying the movie. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. No. It's like no, this no. weird scene doesn't. You know, I I don't quite get this, but that's you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. It was no English patient, but yeah, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But you know, it's 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 it is frustrating. You know, it's 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 
It can be. I just don't let it affect me too much. Which yeah. is why right. so, which is why I've I've been unsullied by things about Last Jedi and I can continue enjoying Star Wars as much as I want to. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm being serious. I do. Yeah. I have I have no qualms of anything about about things involving Star Wars fandom because I've been happy to just avoid people. So. Right. Um and Anyway, um, I, so, we, I'm watching this exposition. Yeah, it's good stuff because they're very good together. Yeah. Also, the chemistry is great between all these cast members. No, they got um, a great trio that they the core for the series is yeah. you know the trio plus villain like that's important and they like, well, nail it here. Luke Leia on my yeah it is Dar- my, yeah Luke Leia Han Darth Vader you know of, like one of my biggest regrets about the sequels is how they I, I think it was an actor thing where they couldn't get what Apoc or the other one um, yeah one of them yeah right. They couldn't get like it was something. It was a contract thing, not a plot thing, which is why yep, they got yeah. Harold Perrin now, who's also great because that line when he walks in, "Where's my?" <laughs> He's very funny, but I do I like I I like uh, Diesel or was it Dozer? Dozer. Yes. Okay. Or is Dozer the older one? Apox the. Either way, I I like these characters. I I don't know much about the other two. Um, Whichever one doesn't die in the next half hour. Yeah, I don't know much the other two though. The two that are like in love. Um, yeah, not like this. Um, but, um, <laughs> but like, well, and even cruise... that, you know, that's a classic '80s action trope where, yeah. at the end of the second act, something comes in and kills off a bunch of supporting characters. Yeah, but like, it's, um, a, it's a cool, it's a cool crew. Like, I dig yeah. this crew. I dig the, I dig these, these folks here. Well, like, yeah, uh, this crew is great, and like, if you tank, don't get a... his name's Tank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, where, yeah. Where, where get a... oh, Apox, the other one. Apox, one of the yeah. the, the guys that die. Yeah, like, if you me. don't get to know them, unlike from dialogue stuff you at least they at least have some like style to them that Mm -hmm. is visually significant that you care yeah blonde guns Mm -hmm. uh, walks around like this (laughs) joe pants whatever (laughs) joe pants oh man he is oh joe pants is wonderful joe pants i'm surprised he's not in more wachowski's movies like he could have easily fit in speed razor or cloud atlas yeah what what happened there because he's great and he's great and bound Bound? he's terrific and bound like, like he's he's he what i what's great at what's the great thing about bound is how it shifts perspectives three times where you're like mainly following gershon the first like third then the the middle act becomes the pet the panel the the Panoliano show then the last part is like all is like all tilly mainly and like each does a really great job with those segments but pants is so much fun as exasperated mobster like that's a, such a fun role to see him do right if and if he would have been in jupiter ascending it would have been a hit I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. No question. No, he would, if he that, if he was um if he was um what's his face, uh, Stephen Hawking. Um, right. oh, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. If he was yep. yeah, cast him in Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> oh him man, that'd be great. Yeah, make him a leader of the Ministry or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like this movie. It's funny. One of the most iconic scenes is Joey Pants and Hugo Weaving at that dinner table. Mm-hmm. Talking about betraying. Because I'm so like, glad we want to eat that fucking steak. Oh yeah. gosh, it, it made me hungry. <laughs> it's so yeah. iconic that the the classic swordfish quoted it like a year later or whatever. Right, yeah. Ignor- uh, ignorance uh, uh, is bliss. <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah, commentary no, that, in the making with seems... swordfish. Oh yeah, that's a fascinating time capsule. Mm-hmm. Swordfish greatest showman double feature commentary coming soon. Don, Don Cheadle's fun in that movie. I like people exasperated in films. Like that tends to make me happy. So I, I like Don Cheadle and, and Swordfish quite a bit. It's like, it's yeah. Don Cheadle is the Swordfish, as Benicio del Toro is the License to Kill. Oh, 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 oh. 
Okay, before we get to this kung fu thing, I really like the 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 capper on the scene where he's telling about the Matrix when he pulls up the battery. That's a perfect mm-hmm. like summation yeah. of everything he said. And and Neo rightfully flips the fuck out about it. He's like, "This is crazy. <laughs> like, I can't believe any of this right now." And it's great the for the audience too. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's great it's shorthand for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's something they're actually pretty good at is you know sort of boiling down complex concepts into. Yeah, shorty had it. was something like Speed Racer. For a kid's film, that's a pretty complicated story. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, they'll have a character say something effective. You know, I don't understand anything about this or that, but they hurt my family, and I'm going to hurt them back. It's part of, and I mean, I think, gotta know. it's something that I think they do better than Cameron when it comes to shorthand delivery, yeah. because it doesn't feel stilted. It feels very of the moment and in, within the tone of the film without feeling like a standout line you'd make fun of later. Uh, right. So it, um, it fits that way, and it goes along with their editing style too. Not so much in this film, but like in the sequels and in Speed Racer, you get a lot of people are saying things as a plan, and you watch them happen at the same time. Yeah, and it's really cool. Like it's a, especially in Speed oh, Racer, yeah. I think it's a really cool effect. Like what they're oh, doing. Oh, I love there. how that's edited. Oh yeah, the, the way exposition is. You know, that should have been a next level. You know, that should have been a hugely. Uh, it's been a game picture. changer. That, yeah. that movie oh. is is. You have to wonder uh, if it comes out two years later in 3D. You know, seven months after Avatar, what happens? Yeah, I mean, people have seizures because that movie's fucking insane with color. But yeah, it's, it, looks, it would look if, if amazing. That, if that movie's a holiday release instead of summer, and the oh. only big thing in town for the holiday, or one of maybe a couple, not the second week of summer. I well, mean, yeah, because yeah, the end of 2008 was actually comparatively quiet. But it also, I mean, but in terms of like what you're, because it's a family movie and it's such a weird kind of thing. I get it, and like especially now, because we're we've embraced IP and comic books and what have you so much, you could easily see that I think hitting a little bit harder. Um, You know, in a realm where like Aquaman exists, you can see something as funky as Speed Racer making a whole lot of sense as a. But also, we got to remember back then, like the Wachowski name wasn't like. Oh, I gotta see this. It was coming off the, you know, divisive Matrix sequels. Yeah. And, Which I think has always was... stuck around with them as far as whether right. or not that's still a thing you can because you can't really bank on it at this Which point. Which I right? honestly like the the Wachowskis are some of the best like we don't have enough Wachowski material. Like I, I their failures are far more interesting than someone's passable movie. Like like Jupiter Ascending has so much it's not good but there's so much fascinating stuff and filmmaking on display there that i'm just and a lot of imagination like original imagination beyond belief that i'd rather give that another shot just to analyze than just some average thing you know and that's why you can for all the what i assume although he you know, un- unlike other producers, it seems like Joel Silver's walking away pretty clean so far. It, what he he's given them this like ultimate blank check as far as like yeah, just do a thing and I'll be happy mm-hmm. to fund it. Like I'm very happy that Joel Silver just keeps believing in them as far as like wanting them to do something. It's like yeah, all right here, like why not? Let's let's, let's make another like, Silver production. It probably it might be hit. Yeah, Speed Racer. Jeez, I mean that's amazing. It's a you know bomb and stuff like that. But man, and I'm glad people have come around on it like i would you know i always to this day thank scott for saying no you should really go see that in the theater I was like, all right fine and uh, bam i was like holy crap that i did see yeah. immediately that was my birthday movie that year um, oh, okay and and even out, like, even wendy after. likes it she generally hates movies like that mm. yeah and it, she still it's, talks about seeing it in imax 
And there's nothing like that still to this day. Like it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, because every like it's such a that's a that's for our speed racer commentary. Let's talk about you know yeah. mouse watching these moves. Like this is really cool. Right. <laughs> like this this whole fight is very well done. The joy I mean, all... of this crew is infectious. Mm-hmm. Watching them do this. And we never get to see him work like this because there's so many added characters in the sequel that we yeah. just focus to Morpheus Neo Trinity. Yeah, no, like right. the the newer villains they introduced in the sequels are are compelling enough, uh, but like the newer crew, I don't know. Perno kind of just like sticks out as something's different here. Like, well, I I think when we get to the sequel, we realize that they're very small cogs in a very large machine. Which, right. is some, which is something I like, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, these movies are unique unto themselves because of that. Like, it's mm-hmm. it, it, this one works because you have this team aspect as a part of it, among other things that make it work. And I think this right. one works for other reasons. But you know. and I like Jada Pinkett, like what what's there, but I think there should have been like more with her. But instead, they relegated her to like a video game. Well, I think for it's the second I, one. I think they bit off a lot more than they could ultimately chew as far as how much they wanted to do, how expansive to make something, and how ambitious to be with incorporating video games and this and like books or whatever yeah. the hell else they, they had going on to for, to fill out flesh out this entire world that they had created. Right. I like how much Neo fails in all of this. Yeah. Like it really I think it really helps I mean it helps build it up to when he finally realizes his oneness or whatever but it's it is fun to see that he's constantly failing in this movie he can't do the he can't he can't climb down an elevator thing he he can't grapple with this matrix right away he can't make this jump he can't beat morpheus and you know it's not the one like it's like all this stuff you know it's funny too like i i'd like to see someone like i think the effects hold up quite well but if someone says they do i'm like what you mean the uh the fake world has things that look fake (laughs) <laughs> boy that didn't really look like a real rubber road there yes no and and it's funny like too i've seen a lot of complaints of like you know you know, people like want to be in the, like what are they fighting for their world should i'd be in the matrix i'm like yeah but they're fighting for like uh you know uh they're right freedom well, that's like, why you just look that's why you look at that's why you look them in the eye and you say that's why you're not the one that's right yes <laughs> And, well, you never, that, that, and you that, never will be. I think that contradictions at the heart of it, at least the first film, which is that, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, even in this simulation, you are making, you know, you still have a certain amount you know, of free will for all intents and purposes. Well, yeah, it, it also, yeah, it also speaks to, I mean, like, I guess, I guess like political subtext or what have you yeah. as far as like, yeah. you know, being dominated by a governing force or whatnot and being, you know, rebellion and whatnot. That's why you end up a Rage Against the Machine song. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Cypher in this world has found a razor to shave his hair and, and his, his goatee to be that exact way. That's fun mm-hmm. to me. And shaves right around that plug in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. He probably to. has Morpheus do it. Or a tank. He seems pretty handy. Yes. <laughs> Dozer. Yeah. Yeah, I, you guys emphasize that. Yeah, I really... Oh, this, is the, this, is, this is one of the best tracks in the movie, too, on the oh, soundtrack. Yeah. And it got used on like tons of things, and, yes. and and then when YouTube videos started becoming a thing, it'd be a part of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was like that one reason that may my finest fondest might be with this movie is because I like this crew so much compared to what we would be given in the yeah subsequent ones. 
and that's sort of the give and take of when you're making a franchise is you want to have real mm-hmm. stakes with characters who could die, but uh-oh, maybe we should have kept them around for the sequel. Which, and hey, I, I, I'm all yeah. for making your one movie and yeah, doing your best. I do, I mean... I think we're over. This is the whole sequel discussion. I I, I could agree with the third one, perhaps, just because everyone's very stock character in that movie. It's more, yeah. it's a little more flat because the, I mean, it's just resolving everything, so you don't really need to learn anything more about people. You just have to see them follow through on their convictions. The second one, I think, does introduce some weird stuff that I really like and things like the keymaker that I'm a fan of or whatnot. No, no, I I like that. Like so I said, like the like the villain character. Uh, some of the s- smaller side characters, but the one that we're supposed to like, hey, no, they're they're buddies with your 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 crew from the last time. They just kind of don't hold as well. Okay. How'd they do this? I suppose it's just they're just standing there and they just CG and everybody else later. Or they just combine two shots to get mm. all these frozen people because it's not like and like it's not it's not, it's not yeah exactly. There's a lot of close-ups here to hide it. But it's not like X2, where they got, like, like mimes to freeze. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed it. It's just back and forth. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, look at it now. It's like nobody's here. <laughs> well, oh, I know how they do that. Because <laughs> his, his reflection doesn't even have any people standing around in his yeah. glasses. Given that they're filming with film and that they're not, you know, CG's not the the peak of things at this point. Yeah, I imagine they're just really capturing reflections in every camera shot, right, for his glasses. The Matrix is Nolan and Tarantino approved shot on film. <laughs> it counts. Like, look at... It, it, these, these are, those are real reflections, right? He's just finding the exact angles needed to, like, keep showing this duality thing. Yes. Yeah. The Nebuchadnezzar! Now, this is a mix of CG and miniatures, right? That's what, that's what we get yes. here. Like yeah. this is like this is the full CG shot, but then like later on you get miniature stuff. Well, you know, and whether it's because of you know budget or you know good sense, this is a film that really only uses CGI when they have to. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and, and they're pushing it to... very well. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no. It like they pull it off they're doing experimental things and never but it's it's done in a way that actually holds and lasts and it still feels fine whereas you know other things at the time that would try just they, you know they show yeah there's there's a whole 20 minute conversation i can't wait to have about why the neo versus a thousand agent smith scene works completely for me but that's a different commentary because it's awesome yeah because like, well, it's awesome but i know even because when it came, i don't care that it looks rubbery it's still when it cool. when it came out people were yeah, like yeah. trying to complain or they were successfully complaining about something yeah, yeah. I was like i like, I, I couldn't so tell stuff on that till home video like, well, I could I could tell it, but I just, but I just wasn't bothered by it. It just no. works for me as far as what it's. Well, it seems yeah, like it's, 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 it's well, criticizing itself. That with that's what it felt like, and I was like, I get the joke here. What what it's doing? It. I mean, at one point there's a bowling pin sound like that you hear as he, as he knocks <laughs> over a bunch of them. It's like clearly they know what they're doing in this sequence. <laughs> anyway, squids, squids suck. They really ruin a lot of things. The, the <laughs> nothing's more for the. Scott, I know like you complained a lot about, and I think some many do about like when MCU films kind of had their big finales and they go over long because it feels like by f- extending this fight scene, it means more civilians are dying in the process. Something like that. Something like like Guardians Two, I think of that a lot when it's like the Kurt Russell and 
Chris Pratt are just punching each other. Meanwhile, like Earth is being destroyed by a big globby thing or whatever the fuck. Yes. And I'm thinking, you guys got to stop fighting because we need to stop this. In this yeah. movie, I I get what it's what's happening, but by the time at the end when the Sentinels are like on the ship and they're trashing the ship, I'm thinking. This ship can't be that easy to fix. You got to stop this. We need to. We need to get you out of the matrix at this point. Like you need to launch that EMP because you can't just fix the Nebuchadnezzar all that easily. Um, I think that's just you know, it's at the risk of saying the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it it's, it's reasonable stakes because mm-hmm. you know the ship could blow up. I mean, there could be a few non-survivors. It's not like something like or Guardians Two, where gee, I'm pretty sure the Earth's not gonna get swallowed whole by you know a giant planet or whatever. Yeah, so it takes no. me out of it with that. I'm not saying it yeah. takes me out of it here. It's just it's effectively thrilling because I'm like, you got it. Come on, like the ship's being blown up. You got to get out of it. Yeah. Get out of the matrix. No, I I, I do agree with you. <laughs> um, I like their interactions, uh, Pants and Keanu. Because yeah, this they, is they great. Have, like, they have a weird chemistry, but I like I like Pants is just very like jumpy at everything. <laughs> like, oh Neo, you stuck up on me. Well, he's sort of the audience surrogate in the sense that the one thinking, Ugh. you know, again, why? What would I have taken the red? You know, would I, if I knew, what would I do? Well, he's, like, he's like the audience Weisenheimer. Like he's he's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the he's the like ten like nine people in the audience are Neo because they're all like whoa what is this and one guy's the snarky guy in the corner like come on guys like what's going on? Well, he's of, also this is a bunch of crazy talk. He's been through and seen nothing on the end, and Keanu's fresh eyed like oh everything you know even yeah. though the world's shit yeah, it's, he, he's it's bright and wonderful to him new yeah he's. He's been like, you know, Joey Pants has been through, you know, a bunch of, you know, missed opportunities for the one. And you think Morpheus told him he was the one at one point? He's like, ah, never mind. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's probably, you know, that's where he's at. Like, yeah. and, and when he and when he did think he was the one, he had like a full head of hair. And ever since then, he's like, whatever, I'm just shaving it off now. I'm going to have a new he's look. Probably, he's probably, you know, somewhat the devil on his shoulder to Morpheus' little angel on the other shoulder. It's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the thoughts that you know he doesn't want to admit to having right now, but and that's one of the reasons why this film works is that th- mm-hmm. this is quality dialogue, this is strong character work. But you don't think he's an asshole either. You're just like, no, exactly. He's he's making sense. Yeah, he's making a good case, and even during his you know big Judas scene, which I think is the next scene, yeah. uh, you know he again he makes val oh that yep right right yeah right there. Her. I forgot to eat there. <laughs> oh, it's just so, oh, this seems so great. Well, it, it it sort of it works for plot reasons because oh boy, he's going to portray them. But again, he he speaks to a certain mindset that does make sense. And you don't like it because it's the snarky guy you've been kind of enjoying and laughing at on the adventures. Yeah. And he, but he's also asking like the right questions that you could be wondering at this yes. point where it's like, wait, so yeah, the stake isn't real. Like, and like it, it already gives you that in the Morpheus Neo fight where he's like, if you think that's air you're breathing, which is yes. maybe one of the best, he's like one of the top three lines of this movie. Cause it's so like mm-hmm. enigmatic. He's like, huh? <laughs> but the thing is, you also have to ask, you're like, man, you're like you understand, you know, his problems, but why would you do this? And how in the world would you even know to trust this thing that, that, you know, you're not going to know if he's yeah. going to place you back and do all these things for you. Well, that's why I think the Smith character is intriguing because it's um it's a machine, so it can't mm-hmm. have like a level of emotion. <clears throat> it can't have betrayal in its mind. Uh, like it, 
right. it has to it has to it has to function on logic which is what they explain about agents like they can bend mm-hmm. rules but they can't break them so it's like wait can he fulfill promises like this can he be deceitful what is this thing right which i, which I think the, the well, the, kind of explore more more too also. yeah the smith but i mean there's an air of i shouldn't trust this but for it's sure the, yeah yeah well, also, I and would then, argue, and the then they, they bounce us right off with slop feeding. You know, they go from that steak to the, you know. Oh yeah, you go right back to the real world because that, I mean that again. It's that a gives perfect you a, contrast. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make Cipher seem like the correct person in this, but you still, it does enough to be like, like you can understand his reasoning. You get yeah, you're immediately like, I'd rather have point. that steak. Like, well, right especially away. if he thinks they're gonna lose anyway. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Before you, you know, before you have a chance to forget about him eating that steak, they go right to the slop. Yeah. Yep. Plus, um, you, plus you don't, you wouldn't have to deal with mouse either if you're stuck in the matrix. So. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's that's good. Because nobody likes mouse. Uh, he's better than uh, whatever shows up in the next one. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, that kid. Yeah. <laughs> His animatrix short is good. Yeah. No, it is. It's really good. How did he? Well, he's the general grievous of the Matrix. He's awesome in the cartoon. Yeah, but... there you go. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Perfect analogy. <laughs> that said, this guy Mouse, he plays um, Elon Sleaze Bango in Attack of the Clones, who tries to sell Obi Wan death sticks, and then oh, yep, says, "You yep. don't want to sell me death sticks," and it's like, "I don't want to ah. sell you death sticks." And he's like, "I want to move on." And Red Ladies and, and Death Sticks, his film career. Uh. Switch. That's the other one. I was trying to think of all these okay. ridiculous names for all these characters. Switch, Apoc, Tank, Dozer. Which I guess probably all have like various like philosophical meanings or what have you, along with Nebuchadnezzar and whatnot. Morpheus, obviously. Dream Master. Yeah, He's no, the Freddy Krueger. He's the yeah, Freddy Krueger of the Matrix. Hat. <laughs> His hat. It's adorable. Keanu yeah, is. but he has a hat. Yeah. They're little funky clothes. Oh, it's like your shaved head cold, Keanu. Okay. That's what we didn't see enough of when the Matrix came out. Like, yeah, everyone can buy a trench coat and glasses. Nobody's taking on raggedy clothes and coming up like looking like these people. <laughs> like that'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, seems, if anything, it seems easier. You just buy some thermals, put some holes in them, <laughs> ring out the collar a bit, you know, put on some boots. Well, to look, be fair, they look better there. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, as far as like cosplaying as the Matrix, I'd be it'd be fun oh, to see that for a change of pace compared to everybody doing a the the, the uh, trench coat thing, which is actually one of the funnier scenes in Reloaded when you have like a meeting between all these groups and they're all doing the same thing. It's like, wow, you, you guys really know how to plan for the party. You know, it's kind of interesting about this Matrix world in in the daytime. It kind of looks like a backlot shot shoot, mm-hmm. but kind of looks real. Like it 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 works for after we found out what this whole deal is mm-hmm. like when they come out there it looks like it's like on a hollywood backlot but it's actually they, they there's this little island that they shot on that they kind of sealed off and were able to just have full reign of it yeah i like that like australia and oakland to make up like the cities right. <laughs> in these movies <laughs> Um, I said we were going to talk about the soundtrack when they all come in during that uh, that one song. Um, the soundtrack is great in this movie. I mean, it's such a there's a lot of who's who of like new metal and and um, get the and, Rob like, Zombie Dracula remix. And, yeah, you get that. Yeah, you get that. You get some Ministry in here. You got Marilyn Manson who got a music video for this movie, which was also right. insane. <laughs> um, 
you get that. Well, we'll get to that big shootout scene. You get that spy break song for propeller heads, which became uh-huh. very popular. If you want to oh, talk yeah. about things that are used in everything on like fan YouTube videos or whatnot. Um, Prodigy, obviously, uh, the rock, you get do host in here at one point. <laughs> like there's, there's so much like who's who of this kind of music scene in the nineties. And yeah, it blows up big, right? Doesn't it? It's like, right. it's a huge seller. Yeah. Which made me very excited for the sequel soundtrack because I'm like, what are they going to do next? <laughs> right, yeah, it's very much so. And then because the third one's so real world heavy, I was disappointed <laughs> that there wasn't more like of these kinds of tracks <laughs> at that point. And now I'm like, yeah, the Don Davis score is pretty epic, so whatever, but still. Well, now they're in an elevator. Go to see the Oracle. <laughs> and you know, you know, obvious reference alert, but I mean, all these sets feel very lived in. Yeah. And yeah. That add to the authenticity of this fantasy world. Um. Copyright George Lucas. Copyright Dan O'Bannon. Lived in. <laughs> this wasn't up for production design, though, which is. Impressive. Oh, did, yeah, this one like was nominated and won like, a bunch of Oscars. It, 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 uh, it this is crazy. It, it was nominated for one, two, three, four, four Oscars and won every one of them. Editing, yes. sound, sound effects, editing, and visual effects. I remember that year because it was, like, it was like, oh, The Matrix, The Matrix. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was yeah. the Mad Max Fury Road of its day. <laughs> right. No, well, it was. I mean, yeah, you're totally right. Personal opinion notwithstanding, if, had there been 10 Best Picture nominees back in 1999, this probably would have snuck in there. Um, yeah, I mean, because yeah. this this was the definitive blockbuster of 1999, um, along with you know arguably the Sixth Sense, which did get a bunch of right, you know, yeah. major Oscar nominations. <laughs> it's cr- like uh, it's crazy thinking of 1999 as like one of those like high watermark film years for a lot mm-hmm. of people, and you look at the yeah. like Academy Award nominations, and it's like American Beauty, Cider House Rules, Green mm-hmm. Mile. Like, all right. Like, Insider, cool, sure. Remember, like, man, it's a great Fight movie. Club yeah. was a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, Fight Club, Magnolia, Magnolia being John Malkovich. Three Kings. Yeah. I'm a huge um, Bringing Out the Dead fan from Scorsese. I think oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that was my, a good one. Yeah. That's a terrific picture. It's a terrific yep. film, wildly mm-hmm. underrated. Uh, needs Blu ray. Keith really Blu-ray. enjoyed Hugo, so I think I'm going to show him that one next. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice, <laughs> nice launching point. Yeah, I as, as I say, when it comes to kids and Scorsese, you go Hugo, Kundun, and Bringing Out the Dead. Absolutely. Oh, my, my kids are silence nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they can't stop Dad, talking about silence. Dad, if we had six hours, we could watch it twice. <laughs> I actually really do like silence quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> I, I do like that Spike Jones got a nomination for Best Director. Like that is, that's, yeah. that's, that's a neat yeah. like, touch. I mean, he couldn't um, he couldn't match the majesty of Lassie Halstrom for Cider House Rules, or of course Sam Mendes, who won. I don't Rush, I don't dislike Rush American Beauty. Rushmore was ninety nine too. Rushmore yeah. was ninety nine. Yeah, ninety is crazy. Gosh. Yeah, uh, Rushmore was ninety eight. No, yeah, most you're, of you're us right. saw it in ninety nine because it expanded. Uh huh. Okay. Did we all realize ninety nine was good while we were living in it, or was it like a few years later and we we're like, oh damn, that all happened in one year? No, we, uh, we knew I, by the end of the year. I, yeah, I, I was very aware because I was so like in the Fight Club at that point. I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> like this movie is so it's it's hitting me in all the right." The Mummy '99 also. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, oh, well. yeah. Gosh, that's another one that has 
you know, almost no conventional CGI unless it absolutely has to until the last 10 minutes or so. Um, yeah, for most, a... And that's one reason why it's aged so well. Yeah, um, that, and, that and Brendan Fraser's performance is spectacular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a number of reasons why. But that hey, is, you tri- know. Uh, trifecta casting right there. That another yep. <laughs> trio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron, Rachel Weisz, and uh, John... His name's Jonathan. Uh, John Hanna. There we go. Yeah. And you got uh, uh, Habib Marwan as the, the villain. <laughs> Marwan, this, is the, yeah. this is the observation that blew my mind. You know, if would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything? Yeah. And the yeah. way Gloria, Gloria thought, like the way she delivers it is perfect. Oh, yeah. Like it's such a it's such a like nonchalant, like the thing that's really going to bake your noodle. Like that's such a fun way of like, <laughs> saying something. <laughs> Well, I love how they they build up the Oracle, and then you just go to some regular ass apartment for yep. you know to talk, uh, just talk to an old woman, and he's like, oh, okay, like the old woman part that you know that fits the bill and stuff, but then just the regular ass surroundings where you know smoking a cigarette, walking around the kitchen, making cook, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this was supposed to be this big special she you smokes, know person, and she, yeah. yeah, she drinks, she's like drinking like lemonade or whatever out of like a you know. You know, a regular mm-hmm. old cup that feels like the kind of cup that this apartment complex would have. Like it's just it's the beads on the door. Like there's not there's no there's no pomp and circumstance here. It's all just like hey, sit, sit there, in this, yeah. this, this this living room where there's like a bunch of other kids and the waiting room and whatnot, and then come in here. We talked over that whole spoon scene. That's another fun yeah. scene too. You know, because that kid's just so like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> like this kid. <laughs> It's got the. It's a very Terry Gilliam, the like oh, yeah, Australian yeah, type yeah, yeah. touch to. There's a lot of Brazil in this, actually. Yeah, I mean that. I mean yeah. they're they're obviously the Chaz are huge Brazil fans. The best scene in Jupiter Ascending is an entire like <laughs> uh, right. dedication to Brazil, <laughs> like in terms yeah. of bureaucracy and forms mm-hmm. and stuff. I need to rewatch that again. I watched it not too long ago before um his last one came out. What was that? Uh, the Zero. Not zero effect. That's Bill Pullman. Um, mm-hmm. Also ninety nine. Um, no, that's ninety eight. Never mind. Zero theorem. That's what it is. That's, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's wow. yeah. It's great. I love Brazil's holds up well. Jim no, I mean Jupiter Ascending. Show, big, yeah, he's really talking Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Oh, Jupiter Ascending. Oh, okay. Um, Blair Witch Project ninety nine. Iron Giant. Yeah. Sixth Sense, obviously. Office Space. Toy Story Boy, two. Toy Story two. Eyes Stir Wide Shut. Echoes. Even you know Sleepy Hollow, which put you know Burton yep. back on the map. I, I hope this is one of my is my favorite yeah, movies. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked it's about the that. Most Burton uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. It it is the most Burton movie. Yeah. For, and, and, I, and I very much <laughs> like that. Talented <laughs> Mr. Ripley, Notting Hill. Oh, oh God. Dogma. Uh, Man on the Moon is pretty good. Man yeah. on the Moon, yeah. Uh, and you know I like World's Not Enough quite a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I do too. Yeah. It's my, my second, second favorite Frosty. Yeah. 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 I agree with Aaron. Yeah. Tarzan. Uh, by default. <laughs> <laughs> Version suicides. Yep. Oh. End of days, of course. Tarzan hey. is terrific. Yeah, Tarzan. Um, the, li- the limey. The limey's 99. Yeah. <laughs> Mystery men. <laughs> well, the Iron Giant, obviously. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we're just it's, listing it's, movies now. <laughs> well, no, they're all... I mean, some of this is generational nostalgia, but I think even outside of that, there are a lot of movies that have stood the test of time. Sure. I mean, this is a kick-ass top ten list of the grocers. Episode 1, yeah. Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, Matrix, Tarzan, Mummy, Notting Hill, World is Not Enough, American Beauty, and that second Austin Powers movie, which has its moments. We don't like, talk it's, about. 
<laughs> that movie was huge. I can't all be so, winners. It was. it was huge, though. Yeah, that was like a yeah. Look at, this. Look, look at it, how much money we're making. It outgrossed the first one in a weekend. Yeah. And when I always talk about breakout sequels, that's sort of my go-to example. Oh, the hurricane uh, right at the end of the year too. Yep. Denzel's uh, great in that movie. I, 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 Anyway, get a cookie. I, I do like that she points out, you know, just as her sort of joshing way, how freaking studly Keanu Reeves is in this scene. <laughs> he wears that suit very well. I like what she says, because um, he's talking, and she says, not too bright, though. And it's a perfect, like, yeah. there's so much, like, there's so much building him up to be, like, appreciative, but at the same time taking him. That's why she's like Yoda. She's such a little yeah. stinker. Like, she's so, yeah, she's like, a, yeah. she's... She's a douche in a yeah. good way. <laughs> oh. And here we are, about 100 and, or 78 minutes in the movie, about to have our second action sequence. Like major, yeah. You, and, and then it's pretty nonstop from there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It just kind of goes. This is one of those, you know, third act, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Um. Everything's so cool, like designed to be cool in this movie too. When it comes, yes. to, like look at these suicide I mean, doors, like it's like everything. I mean, so like cool. I don't want to get too easy here, but I mean, even when the film came out, without remotely agreeing with people of that nature, you know, the, the extent that this film was blamed for the culture that brought about Columbine and all that crap. Mm-hmm. This film is such a, you know, frankly, such a male escapist fantasy. Which fulfillment picture, in terms of the story, in terms of how everybody looks, in terms of you know the nature of the action, you know, and that yes, I can see how it sort of would sort of be sort of a stand-in to quote unquote everything that's wrong with Hollywood escapism. Mm-hmm. Now, did I agree with that? Of course not. But even when I first saw the film, I'll admit I was a little bothered by the fact that you know they basically murder a bunch of innocent security guards. Yeah, we're we got to talk about that when we get here. there, because I got to. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to be clear on how what, what's going on there, because it's so yeah, yeah. like. Um, again, on the other hand, it's an R-rated movie, so whatever. But you know, it, it is in in some ways because it follows a heroic journey the way it does, and because you know, it it sort of is sort of the complete escapist package in one picture. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think to a certain extent, like a lot of quote unquote dark sequels, the second film kind of debunked a lot of that fantasy to mixed reception. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mouse really didn't have much of a plan here <laughs> in no. case like something happens. <laughs> yeah, there goes Mouse. Uh, and. And this is a film that it is R-rated. It is justifiably R-rated, but it's not drowning in gore. Right. You know, it's as violent as it needs to be. It's weird. Like, I suppose. Like, I, I feel like if you rated it yeah. today, they'd probably make the slight cuts they need to to make it PG-13. Because there's, no, no, there's, yeah. no, there's yeah. no swearing in this movie. Yeah. The, the violence there's no is... There's no sex. There's no sex. The violence is all, like... 
it's only like impact that they're really like it's the i think yeah. the, the one thing that gets this movie the r rating is when smith shoots neo point blank like a bunch of times because you get you get like a blood splatter on the wall yeah and there's it's that, very, it's the... very malicious well the lobby the... shootout is somewhat graphic right to a, yeah but even then I, I feel like and i mean i don't know the tv edit looks terrible so what am i to say about that I'm but sure. i mean you can make you can make those tweaks in the same way yeah like, you could like, arguing that some of it's disturbing imagery uh, the baby and the goo, the I, I would say that coming out added, of it that added yeah. to it, but I think you could get away with that like, yeah. at this the, point. The especially the, twenty years later, yeah. Think yeah. the thing crawling in his uh belly at the time. Yeah. I'm talking about the time, yeah. But yeah, the, no, well, those I mean, are, it is R, so that's clearly what happened. But I, I, I can say, yeah, I was boundaries say have been pushed since that. Yeah, yes. some of the stuff that would have been easy pinpoints of R would just be okay now. Um. Mickey Blue Eyes was 99? Okay, sorry. <laughs> and and there was talk, you know, four years later for the sequels, and Joel Silver says, look, you know, basically said, look, you know, we're not going to force a rating one way or another. Yeah, you know, these are... what it is, right? Yeah. And frankly, the, to my recollection, The Matrix Reloaded isn't quite as violent and graphic. Now, The Matrix yeah, Revolution has quite a bit of, you know... Yeah. Because in the real world battle scenes, it's a war movie. So, yeah, it's more of a war film. So you kind of get there and it earns it. Like there's the one dude that's like the captain. He gets like slashed in the face and all the things and stuff. He he gets all right to death. Yeah. But yeah, Reloaded is fairly bloodless because it's... It would be the sexual scene where the guy, uh, the Frenchman makes the woman wet herself in that. That'd be the most R-rated thing because the action's relatively... It's all PG kung fu 13. violence. Yeah, yeah. It's that, it's that, relatively bloodless. Because um, the, the action's even more stylized in the second film than this mm-hmm. one. Yes. Um, and this, this, this stuff, this is pretty real-world action. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of fa- fantastical stuff here. I we talked over. It. I love that shot of them crawling down on the walls because it's all black around it. You just see that right. like, yeah. that shaft. It's such a cool like way to shoot i mean we talk about this it's such a way it's such a cool way to kind of preserve space and what you're trying Mm -hmm. to do and what you're trying to show given the budget that you presumably have i like how dirty this scene is like it's so like just dusty dirty grimy it's a this is just like just like that iconic batman versus superman scene where they fight in a dirty bathroom the thing we've Mm -hmm. always wanted to see (laughs) well the movie does include the kitchen sink exactly oh And and, and they're warner brothers movies so it makes sense yeah same building yeah. I'm sure you it is. See, you can see Morpheus and uh, Smith fighting in the other corner. Yeah. Um, they both have motherboards. Yes. Uh, I mean, you just think, like, you take the two biggest superheroes in the world and think, where, where are they going to fight? A dirty bathroom. It mm-hmm. just makes sense. The kids will love it. <laughs> they want to keep seeing it. You'll never <laughs> decipher the code, Neo. Cipher? <laughs> Where did you hear that name? <laughs> Summer of Sam. Wild Wild West, of course. South Park. South mm-hmm. Same week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is well, a... That's a headbutt. That'd be cut out. MPA probably in Europe. MPAA doesn't like headcut, headbutts. Yeah. At all. <laughs> I'm sure it's entirely cut out in the UK. Yep. Especially all the nunchuck scenes. <laughs> Which oh, I never understood. Oh, his head because... hits the toilet. Oh. 
Yeah, I don't know why nunchucks are so bad. <laughs> it's not like anyone can replicate that because no one can actually use nunchucks in real life anyway. What did we just... Oh, I know what we saw. Never mind. Can't talk about it. Um, <laughs> this fight's cool because it's... It's like when he does that move right there when he jumps on the wall like that, it's like he's still they're still in the matrix, but it's so like dirt you don't really think about the fact that yeah. it's not real. So it's like it's, it's a neat like, it's a neat touch that he still does like a matrixy move <laughs> within this dirty bathroom. <laughs> when there are little touches here like the yeah. one he'll sit on his side and kick and then he'll get up in the corner, this but it's exactly yeah. to death. It's 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 right. more dominated by the kung fu than it is the trickery. For it's sure. like those yeah. are little touches which make the fights even cooler. Oh, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> God, 99. Rocking it. And, and Ed TV, the most prescient movie of the 20th, 20th century. There you go. Um, go. Doug Lyman's Go. Oh, like, yeah. One, yeah. Of the better, one of the better Tarantino Pulp Fiction riffs. Yeah. yeah. I would say the best by default. Perhaps. Probably, yeah. Other than maybe Usual Suspects, but I don't really consider that. I think that's different enough to stand on its own. Okay, yeah, because I, 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 I agree. Yeah. And I, I, and that, I mean, it was being made when Pulp Fiction came yeah. out, so it's like I, I don't see that it as a movie impacted <laughs> by it. Um, and boy, did all those all those filmmakers and actors all go on to equally <laughs> successful careers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know what else came out this weekend with uh, The Matrix? Beyond the Out of Towners, which I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, oh, yeah. Which has become a, I guess, a teen favorite for a lot of people. Like, it's good. Lot. Yeah, it's gone on to, it's had a good I do think good it's legacy. good. Like, I, because I'm not a big fan of Can't Hardly Wait, which also has like a strong yeah. legacy, it seems. I'm a fan of that one, yeah. I like oh, I, I like parts of it, but it, I, as a whole, I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. Like I, like well, I think is... I think the trend, the you know, mini trend of adapting classical literature into teen melodramas, it gave those movies a strong foundation. Yeah, because you have you what, know, yeah, Clueless, and Clueless, that, and, and, and things, she's, and uh, she's, she's all that, all that. whatever it takes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Drive me crazy. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Is that based on one? Um, well, it's based on Can't, Can't Buy Me Love, which is an 80s comedy, but it's still a... Oh, you know, classic. I get it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got ahead of myself, but... Boy, B gives you a strong high concept. Um, But... This is crazy. Analyze This opened, like, five weeks ago at this yeah. point, and it w- it would keep going, right? Because it's going to, like, it cross... very leggy. It's, it's, it's it was super old. leggy. Yeah, and it, the kids showed up eventually. Mm-hmm. Because it goes like all. Because I remember, I remember um, Lisa Kudrow, who's like Billy Crystal's wife, in that like she hosted the MTV Movie Awards that year. Yeah, and they had like a bit like where she and Billy Crystal talk about how Analyze This was like still out because that was like September, mm-hmm. and it like yeah. it's like we made a hundred million. Like <laughs> like they're like joking about it on the stage. Back when the kids were could not wait to see Billy Crystal at the MTV Movie Awards. Correct. And De Niro was funny before Meet the Parents. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. All the people that didn't see Midnight Run. Right. Uh, <laughs> did we mention Office Space? I said Office Space. Yeah. yeah okay. Office space. Uh, and of course, Wing Commander. Yep. I saw that for the Phantom Menace trailer. The, the, I should have left. 
the Matrix, wow. uh, the Matrix uh, stole the thunder from Wing Commander. Was gonna, yeah, storm. didn't bring Hamill back when, when worth it. <laughs> David Warner, Mark Hamill, um, Lillard, porn, porn star Ginger Lynn should have all come back, but no, they said, screw you, video game people. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. That's another one. That's weird. Wing Commander got a movie. <laughs> yep. That's so bizarre. That 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 was like something only popular at that time that has that had a legacy. Like, I remember those games were a big deal because they had cutscenes. They had Mark Hamill in them. I think John Reese Davies was in it. Yep. Man, uh, like uh, what a time. That's a fad I completely like. I was like, oh yeah, Wing Commander. But then I have to realize. That came from a PC game that starred Mark Hamill. Like, oh, that's so weird. It continued that trend of Freddie Prince Jr. and Will- Matthew Lillard hanging out in movies together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do baseball next. What a, weird, what a weird thing that was. It was like, these, keep, these guys keep hanging out in movies together. <laughs> mm. I'm surprised that he's not. Like, they weren't in a horror movie together. They're in two separate horror movies. And then they're they, they, they like, guys. big slasher franchises. They were, yeah. We, we need the energy of both of these guys combined. <laughs> they said a movie, and then they kept doing it. Well, they did like Scoop, Scooby-Doo if you want to if you want a kids oh, horror. Yeah, horror, yeah, Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> um, we're talking over all the cipher betrayal and stuff, but we just saw Switch do the uh, not like this, and then she and then she dies. Not like this. Not like this. Oh, Why those headsets didn't p- take off. <laughs> Does anyone have like a gaming headset that looks like that now? I'm, I mean, I mean not now, but I'm sure at some point someone oh. was like. Someone has like a complete Nebuchadnezzar rig in their room so they can, you know, right. play The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel Intentions, that's another one that's based off of... Mm-hmm. Uh, that came uh, back to theaters, right? Or is coming back to it theaters? Did. Yeah, because it, yes. yeah, it celebrated its 20th or whatever. That's made That, that movie's made up entirely of Bittersweet Symphony as the soundtrack. That's, like, that's, that's, the, whole, that's the sole reason why it's loved so much. It doesn't end with that song. It has no legacy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Tank's here to play. Kind of interesting. They're they're in a place. They've, like Neo in the background's got a lot of TV monitors, taken mm-hmm. to like you know the architect later on in a scene where he's revealing that some <laughs> outside force is protecting him to keep him alive. But I don't know. I just noticed him standing there in the shots previous, and there was just. TVs behind him, like a I mean, wall. That speaks of to the. That speaks that to the. Tends I to be think, a lot of the rooms they enter in this world, but it does. But it, I mean, it speaks to the the idea of this as a whole, as far as fate versus, you know, um, free will. Yeah. Uh, which I think is quite clever. Uh, so, as, I mean, it it adds to the sequels too, as far as how you can look back on these films and see what they're doing and how there's a lot of consideration for the framing of what you're seeing in each. Mm-hmm. Each sequence and what have you. But yeah, in this film, you're looking at it and you're not thinking about that. But yeah, it's speaking to like this, you know, something is saving Neo. What is that? And it's like, is it faith or is it just coincidence? Like, you know. Um, I love his speech here that he's uh-huh. about to feel. And I also know that if this had come out today, we'd have a hundred, maybe Agent Smith was right, think pieces. Because God forbid we just have good writing just for the sake of good writing. Right. Um, this is a this does speak also to 
like what is this guy like it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. he's, a mach- he's a machine but he's like <laughs> waxing poetic here about the nature of people he's an extension of the architect there you go yeah yeah I do like the amount of menace he is to all of the characters, uh, to to Morpheus, to Trinity, to Neo, um, in different ways. In the sequel, a, a bit more, I guess, to Trinity to some point. Like I think there's like a interaction they have there. Um, in this one, obviously, it's it's a Neo focus and a Morpheus focus, and he, they have different kinds of interactions. But it's neat watching Smith like he's captured the great Morpheus, and he wants to lecture him all these things and. You can you can get a sense of history that this guy is this machine has had in trying to track down these resistance people, especially ones like these. That is like a I guess a prize fish for him. And his eyes are so expressive, despite being behind glasses the whole time too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder if these other agents go to like fan conventions to be like, I was Agent, you know, Johnson <laughs> in the Matrix. I was the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was Soldier 8 in the Zion battle and Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> Soldier 8 and Other Agent, the cat, the Matrix Cats reunion this weekend at something con. Payback was 99. That's like the last oh, movie wow. film where I'm like, I could watch this willingly and be happy about it. <laughs> Not Signs? Okay, so I forget. I always forget Signs for some reason. I think there's, there's a big gap there. I yeah, mean, the, well, that was his pay- last uh, starring vehicle before everything else. The Passion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was eight years between Signs and Edge of Darkness, mm-hmm. which I like. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm a Martin Campbell junkie, but I really do enjoy that film. Um, there's the Patriot too, but I'm not a big fan of the Patriot. I don't. That's a popcorn I really historical thriller. I enjoy I enjoy yeah. aspects of it, but every time I when I every time I when I want to revisit, I'm like, oh yeah, this movie's two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah. Fuck that! I'm not watching all this. <laughs> to me, warts and all, it's like a bag of Skittles, where most of them are red and purple. Yeah, <laughs> the red ones are all Jason Isaac's face as he's charging at everybody with his <laughs> villainy. <laughs> Uh, um, but no, I, I, yeah, there's a lot of movie in that movie. Well, yeah, it's a, it's very much an Emmerich movie. It just happens to be yeah. period. So it's right. by, by default considered more important or whatever. <laughs> Did that come out on Independence Day or like around yes. it? It had okay. to have, yeah. And it got topped by the perfect storm. The storms have collided? No. The what? The storms have collided? Uh, the storms of Col- what? What? That's what Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Oh, I'm the trailer. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, yeah, storms collide. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's what I know. I've I've seen that movie once, and it was in theaters in 2000. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, me too. I liked it, but you know, it's what it is. Next it commentary ex- will it be. Looked ex- it looked expensive. I'll say that <laughs> from what I could from what I could recall. It has got a great cast that I remember nothing of because, again, I've seen that movie once. Um, you got, like, Fickner and John C. Riley and John Hawks. 
Anyway, Tank's really concerned about Neo wanting to go back to the Matrix into the Agent Compound. He doesn't know about this. But Neo is like, guys, I know I've been here like three days, but like, <laughs> that's it. That, that's why I don't think Trinity falls into this trap of having Trinity's because he's like, shut up, white man. I'm going to help you right now because you can't just walk in there and think you know everything. Yeah. You're not Jake Sully. Star <laughs> <Avatar>. <laughs> Even Jake Sully asked for permission. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. And Natiri is like all over that movie. Like she kills all kinds of things. Oh yeah. Uh, Guys, Avatar rocks. Like, what can I it say? <laughs> like, it's such a it cool. It still movie. does. Yeah, it does. And it has like a 45 minute action finale. It's terrific. Yeah, but before that, it's mostly a world building movie. There's actually very little action in that film. And, yeah, and it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the Stephen theme park for it is awesome. It I've is. Heard. I've heard. And Stephen oh. Lang says you got to watch out for the Navi because they'll chew your eyes like Judy bees. <laughs> he gets to be in the sequel. <laughs> everyone's in the even the, everyone's the, back. Corey Weaver's in the sequel, which is Every, weird, everyone's but... back. Burt Reynolds is back. Like everybody's back. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln's in it. Like everybody's coming. Ooh. <sighs> and again, this this whole sequence is just dialogue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah, just it, it's so much dialogue that we're like, hey, we're like waiting here to get the action going so we can start talking about these crazy things that are going to see visually again. Like, I, I feel like with, this movie's just full of people that I mean, the cast is so good. Like Hugo Weaving normally would be stealing a movie, but he's fitting right in. You know, Joey Pants, uh, you know, uh, Lawrence okay, Fishburne, but he like... He steals it enough to be like, we can't lose this guy for the sequels. We need right. Will Smith in this. We need not just more Smith. We need more Smiths. <laughs> we, need, we need so many of him. Right. Um, we need to bank the entire trilogy he, on him being the alpha villain. He's so good in this and effective. Like, the first time when I, you know, I saw Fellowship of the Rings, it was just weird like you know it's like what's well, yeah like where are your sunglasses bro yeah such a strong presence and he's so you know he's the guy that he's you know i want i got hugo weaving i want him to give me what hugo weaving brings it's not i'm not saying he doesn't have range but his range is sort of what spin on hugo weaving are we getting um, no, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's not a problem. I mean we've talked about those made marquee actors like mm -hmm. uh, like Cruz or Denzel. They're not guys that that right. rely on chameleon like transformations like Gary Oldman or Daniel Day Lewis. They're guys mm -hmm. that operate on different levels of their own persona, which can be just as effective. Like that acting's not about transformation necessarily in such a startling way. It's What's about, Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, it, I'm it, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um. And I think so much of why this movie works is beyond the special effects, beyond the action, it's good actors playing interesting characters, spouting genuinely engaging dialogue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have a hook, line, and sinker and every word coming from people's mouth because the mystery is so intriguing and everything yes. has been unveiled in such an interesting way. You're held to every piece of dialogue. You figure something's on the cusp of everybody's tongue to reveal something more, but it's just Believe giving you really Pizarro rich confession here. That yeah. Not only is he emotional, he wants to get out. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, yeah, he is. And I like that, how the, this intensity builds, right? The music's also building too, and it's really cool. I think Don Davis is doing a phenomenal <laughs> job of the score. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this, where he's not only, now he's like, he's gone past the, like, let me tell you my metaphor here. Now he's just like, I, I, I can't, I don't want to be here. I'm going to grab the sweat off your stupid face so I can show you how much I don't want to be here. Right. Like, he's so frustrated now. Also, Smith's very set on the idea that the Zion would not change, would like keep its same passwords. I mean, that's just hacker 101 <laughs> right there, right, guys? I mean, he, even if he knew the Zion mainframe codes, they probably changed like a week ago. Like, come on, <laughs> get it together. It's an older passcode, sir, but it still works. It just, just checks out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we get this scene, which is iconic. <laughs> or better or worse. Yeah. But, like, in the. Given what we've been told about this, we're told it's a ma- like a agent compound, but for what we know, right, these are all seemingly real people, right, that are just yes. like pod people or whatever. So I guess it's, you know, you have to go of the, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs logic to justify all the action that's about mm-hmm. to happen here. You know, it's basically murdering workaday security guards. And just they're all it. sim characters. We don't know if those are real. Well, I think we've established that, you know, they are real yeah because they just morph into agents yeah um they would just morph into agents if they weren't or just dodge them or whatever the fuck to yes so they're 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 pod people they they happen to be pod people assigned to this job position or however you want to describe it at any cost Mm -hmm. yeah break break a few eggs but they also have the advantage of knowing everything which these people don't so i don't know yes um, and again, it's 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 it's. But it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's, it it's almost you know it's barely an action scene. It's basically a massacre. Um, and again, it, it bothered me a little bit when I first saw the movie, and it still does. But I think stuff like this is why the film became such a whipping boy after Columbine. Because yeah, but I, I you know and. It, it didn't ultimately hurt its legacy, it would seem, either. Yes. Yeah. Like, the film stands no. the test of time. But, I mean, it's, oh. so here's a better, here's another question. Like, do you think this movie is, like, gun porn at this point? Like, yes. What it's doing? Oh, absolutely. Um, and it was even then. And, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things that, you know, I know Aaron, and, you know, I've mentioned this to you once or twice, but the idea is, like, you know, movies like this are less fun now that I know that the average moviegoer could not necessarily be trusted to take this the right way. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you know, the election like, uh, was... Like what it, we mentioned earlier, the movie Fight Club that we mentioned yes. earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, after the election, that was sort of the whole, well, maybe this was, you know, 20 years of people taking these movies in exactly the wrong way. And, you know, whether it's, you know, the... the, the let me put it this way, even though it's a better, I think it's a better film, and it's a wonderfully made film, you know, John Wick 2 was less enjoyable for me when I watched it than John Wick was, 1 was. Because it was harder to turn off the whole, this is pure gonzo fantasy. And that's yeah. not fair of the movie at all. It's not because I think, because I think it's clear, especially with the Wachowski specifically, like, yeah. the creators involved are, you know... 
sometimes you want to just chalk it up or people want to justify something by saying it's just a movie like they're just trying to yeah. like, have fun with it in this case it actually is that way like it does yes. like these this is a whole scene that's constructed about what if we could do anime real like that's right. really what it that's what it or like you know make our own version of a john woo action sequence based off the parameters of the story that's set up it involves killing these people this way but the style being put forth is not about commenting on something it's just saying it would be cool if like that's really yeah. what it kind of yeah. boils down to um see so yeah, i think the same with john wick too right i i don't think uh what chad, chad stohelski like i don't think they yeah. he and and reeves are conceiving this as some kind of like well we got to show off how great guns are it's more of like yeah, the, the nature of this is so it's like, well, how can we show this operatic sequence by way of modern, you know, weaponry, what have you? And the the, the the irony is that, you know, 20 years ago, it was, you know, how are the kids being influenced like this? And now I watch stuff like this and thinking, how are the dumb adults being influenced like this? Well, I mean, they also threw the blame on the music side at Marilyn Manson. Yeah, of course. Just, yeah. Like it was the oh. Matrix and Marilyn Manson. Yeah, because it's the it's the other and the different that's the problem. And, and video have, video and games. Have, and now we have mass shootings where the killers actually call out their influences, and nobody gives a crap because they're on the wrong side of the aisle. You know, it can't be we can't be responsible, even though they're naming us by name. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, it, it, Jodie Foster was named uh, yeah. in an assassination, was, but she, I mean, are you? Yeah. <laughs> find them and destroy what is this a cartoon you don't need to say destroy them <laughs> i like the kind of cut too though we've already skipped past the action at the right yeah no and now at the roof yeah well the that whole explosion scene by the way i always thought that was one of the coolest things when i initially saw this movie oh yeah of watching that door just kind of bounce along as everything was blowing up um something that, that you mentioned about you know whether or not trinity is you know, a victim of Trinity syndrome, she gets most of the trailer-friendly action beats in this film. Mm-hmm. And you the know, sequel. <laughs> yeah, and yes. She's she's on um, that motorcycle on that freeway chase. Yeah. <laughs> He's you not know, as confident doing this without her. Like, mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. In this movie, um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the big trailer shot, I remember, was her swinging into the building with the, with the helicopter exploding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, done done practically <laughs> yeah. in a weird in a variety of ways but yes we yeah that whole shot of the 360 thing was you know mm-hmm. it's like how do you sell this movie well there is a way yes <laughs> I always wanted to see like a like Trinity watching him do that because I want to know what the hell that looks like is he, right. with him bending backwards and flailing his arms around to avoid bullets in in like real time because I imagine it looked insane <laughs> just nuts just like what the hell like he bent backwards like that and then just popped right back up again. You can hit two times play on your thing and. I suppose so, yeah. But you still got to get that rotation, right? I just want—I just want to see someone standing and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I do like that. Uh, since we already uh, we've established how this world works, I do like the. I need to learn how to fly a helicopter. Here it is done. Like, yeah, it's yes. just like you're in it. Um, 
I do like how they handle the danger of the agents in this, where like, yeah, on, on like in a foot chase, you're gonna be outmatched. But if you have like a railgun on the side of a helicopter, yeah, you can probably uh, take one or two of them out for a little, a little simpler. And then there's like the scariness of the agents, where it's like, well, you take one out, they'll just pop up in another person. Like that's cool. Like, which informs the the chase later on in this movie when he when like agents keep popping up all over the place while Neo's trying to get the hell out of there. Tom's on my side. <laughs> yes, it is. Find our fallen commentary track on iTunes now as well. <laughs> we we did do that a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Morpheus all what I miss see I like it in his Morpheus performance he's got some weirdness in it too it's not all straight laced but it's mm-hmm. just like this weirdness that like he has a hard time pulling off in other movies yeah that's kind of my now I've recently rewatched Predators and yeah he, it's not as big of a problem as I've made it out to be in the past where mm-hmm. I think he spends 15 minutes trying to drown the movie I think he's actually doing fine but yeah there is a kind of Lawrence Fishburne overacting isn't the most fun thing for me to see. <laughs> like, yeah, he's the, he's not my favorite ham. Um, Sam Jackson is a good ham. Lawrence Fishburne's yeah. not a good ham to me. Well, I think that there's a lot of actors that we consider to be good actors because they have been good in good movies. Yeah, but they do still require direction. Yeah, and they and when they don't get it, they flounder. Mm-hmm. And some don't revel in it as well. Yeah. Like I don't think, like I like Lawrence Fishburne. I think is a really good actor. I, I yeah. think he, like Furious Styles is my one of my favorite movie dads of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Among other like oh. roles, he's at what? Well, what's Love Got to Do? I mean, there's a lot of even, even going all the way back to like Apocalypse Now. Like I think he's legit, like really good, but also good at being a dramatic actor. And, yes. and he can fool around in movies like Event Horizon and whatnot. But he's generally the stern person. He's good in those roles. He may, he plays a good straight man. Yeah, but, he's um, not Anthony Hopkins. We relishes, you know, he, yeah. doing all grindhouse. But but it seems like he it seems like he sometimes wants to, but he just yeah. it's not as good as something like Anthony Hopkins can. Yeah, <laughs> like looking at uh, what's that one movie that I really enjoy for like its B moviness? Armored, uh, the Nimrod, the oh, other yeah. Nimrod, on, which has like uh, it's like there's a bunch of stars in that. It's like him and Matt Dillon and a bunch of people, and he's he plays like one of the more over t- over the top guys. And once again, I'm thinking. Yeah, like you're here and you're having fun, but it's just not reflecting as well as, I, as I'd like it to. But that movie is kind of fun. I like Armored. And so it's, oh yeah, that's a good one. It's like a it's like a bottle movie. It's pretty straightforward. Fred Ward's in that. Uh, anyway, so this yeah, this whole helicopter thing is insane. Like they shot a heli- they shot like a miniature helicopter mm-hmm. hitting this glass, filmed it in slow motion, captured that. Coupled that with this real shot of of Carrie Ann Moss on like a cord slamming against something, like it's a great trick, and that's why the other scene in the beginning bugs me because this scene is her against a green screen with this stuff put on later, and it looks phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great series of events of like how you get yeah. how, how you make the geography of this scene work as far as them flying. Get it like knock Morpheus off that you know. Get him on the ground. Get Neo in there. Grab the rope. Get the helicopter. Like it's such a cool like conception of an action scene. Damn, Lord's version really does. This is this is like the last skinny Fishburne role right here because like without the coat you can see like he is not the body type he is now. 
like what's that like mystic river like is that the, like the thing in between these movies mm. uh no that was actually after these were done mm. i'm saying between, i'm saying between oh it was after the uh, after the season yeah, it was october 2003 okay so it was a month before revolutions um what else was between is there anything else between that that you Osmosis, he's a voice. Osmosis. <laughs> Biker Boys, of course. Oh, yeah. Getting some hits on the Biker's Boys you know, IMDb page to get the those points up to see how <laughs> if Lawrence Fishburne's rocking the skinny. <laughs> Starring Antoine Fisher. Yeah, I, he's... He's kind of the, uh, there. Yeah. Motorcycle Fast and Furious ripoff. It's no torque. It is right. no torque because torque is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> torque, Adam, torque one with Adam Scott. It has Adam Scott yeah. as an FBI agent who wears Converse. Oh. <laughs> I like that we finally see someone exiting the phone and it looks about as silly as I expected it to. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh. But I was like, how does this phone thing work? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I probably did. I'm probably happier seeing just the cuts away from it as opposed to the actual look of it. Yeah, you guys are doing good already. Let's just yeah. have this conversation after you get back oh, to the yeah, real yeah. world. Hang up, hang up this phone. <laughs> it's already hung up. Call. Answer it. Let's let's get back inside here. Like, Dumb mysteries. I mean, they've, got, they've probably got a pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Subway foreshadowing weird. to the third one. In, yeah, in, uh, when Bruce Spence comes aboard. Um, the Star the, Wars Bruce Spence? The, yeah, what's his Mad Max name, though? The the pilot. Um, gyrocopter pilot? Gyrocopter pilot, thank you. Gyrocopter pilot. <laughs> Leave it to George Miller to give iconic names to characters in his movies. <laughs> Master Blaster and Gyrocopter Pilots. It's, I'm looking at the box office in January. There were no like new movies in wide release in the first two weeks of January. Mm-hmm. Fun. Well, it was the holdovers. Yeah, they're hold. Yeah. I get the other yeah, holdovers for sure. I see Prince that. Egypt, oh, no, what were they? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Prince Patch of Egypt. Adams. You've got mail. Patch Adams. Civil. A civil action. Life. Yeah, civil action. And that one went wide in two, in nineteen nine early ninety nine. So the first big release didn't. Oh yeah, I see that. Life yeah, yeah, you got it. In January of ninety nine. And, you know, Rushmore didn't go wide until, like, February 99. And we had to wait a while for that one. Here's a cool shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These two grappling in the air with the camera, which is, like, the last big camera turn of this movie. So it's like, that's a pretty epic one. Two guys shooting guns at each other and missing because they're grappling each other's arms. I... Again, I do like how Neo keeps losing. Like, he starts off pretty confident. But, like, he gets his ass handed to him in this fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough balance because you want to show that he is, you know, competent, but you also don't want to water, you know, you don't want to demystify the villains. Yeah. He but, broke yeah, the glasses, which is code for he bleeds. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's why it's continually enjoyable to see these two fighting throughout this series. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I like how it... it it weirdly scales back in the third movie, despite it being the most epic since the whole world is Smiths. Yeah. And they're like, they're Superman fighting each other at that point and everything. Like, it's crazy. 
But like the second one's like, let's amp it up into overdrive by having yeah. millions of Smiths fighting him at once. And then the third one's like, we'll just have one big battle and have like super slow motion face punches. Yeah. And it well, never uh, fails to move me emotionally. It's because it's the dialogue still like, yeah. good and on it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. The whole, you know, you're right, Smith. You were always right. That always kills me. I think the Wachowskis are underrated as writers. I think they do a really yeah. good job. Of Dude, they're under uh, across the board. Like they are a, of the top filmmakers we have. Probably one of the definitely one of the top filmmakers from the '90s, and we just I don't know. It feels like they just go underappreciated. Well, just the dialogue in this film is terrific. Yeah, and yes, they're using Campbell, but the plotting mm-hmm. is superb. And again, I know we usually, you know, point to Cameron when we talk about, you know, good screenwriting isn't just dialogue, but, or Lucas for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is excellent plotting. Um, this hits everything. Like, this is, yeah, it's, and most of their movies do this stuff. Yeah. yeah no, until Jupiter is ending, I was like, I've yet to see a bad Wachowski movie. Right. I look forward to like what they what they come up with. And even Jupiter is ending, it's not a movie I like, you know, look at and think this is a pile of crap. There's a lot of good stuff in it for sure. Like, yeah. And I, I was I never finished Sense Eight. I is I didn't kinda, either. I, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of that. I've <laughs> seen Jupiter ascending three times. I made it through a couple episodes of Sense Eight. So if that's mm-hmm. I don't know praise for Jupiter ascending, but that's on the the Blu-ray box. I, and I but think Cloud Atlas is pretty magical too. I think there's yeah. no Cloud so Atlas much, is oh. so much Ooh. that works about it, it, like an impossible thing to adapt. <laughs> That's their you know people are rediscovering Speed Racer now. Cloud Atlas will be their next. Oh, we should have probably given this more love. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be like Watchmen is right now. Even though I think Watchmen has more problems, but it's still it's still yeah. pretty good. It just yeah. has some inherent issues. Um, I mean, I like Watchmen, but I, I am amused by the the essays that we saw a couple weeks ago. Oh, you know, it was groundbreaking. It was inspiring. Like it didn't do the only thing it did was kill Warner Brothers' willingness to do R-rated movies for a while. Yeah, yeah I, it didn't change I mean, anything. <laughs> like, I was there. <laughs> That's the only thing that accomplished. The Terminator it, Salvation is PG-13 because of Watchmen. The 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 no, the the ideas it was tackling were not ideas it was tackling that was part of the problem it didn't tackle yeah. any ideas no like it, it, it just it presented it just said, hey it you. looks like the comic book page right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then we stopped there they said it'd the be, comic book lines right it'd be like making a ghost in the shell movie and <laughs> live action and saying it's doing something new mm-hmm. wait a minute <laughs> but no one will be stupid enough to sink a hundred million dollars in that you like Depeche Mode right <laughs> well thanks to Aquaman I do <laughs> or there's a Duran Duran when they were doing <coughs> hey that's Thanks. my phone <laughs> that guy took my phone <laughs> he took that guy's wallet <laughs> exactly that's exactly the scene I'm thinking <laughs> I think he took that guy's wallet <laughs> what was that from again Back to the Future 2 thank you Sorry. Part two. I I like that in the midst of this chase, Neo's like, let me give Tank a fun nickname on the phone. Mr. Wizard. <laughs> I need to find an exit. <laughs> he's like, I get the lingo these guys are using. And That's I a love, great shot. When he's, when and he I turned. love the whole, you know, your left, your other left. Mm-hmm. And 
whether it was just good writing or just a flub that they kept in the movie, it's you know, I love little details like that. You know, there's a bit. It, it, pretty it can't be a flub because like they yeah. shoot the damn door. Like That's it true. needs to, it needs to be precise. But yeah, it's great. It is a great like. There's yeah. a lot of good offhand dialogue going on in this scene. Yeah, there's like a oh. frantic suspense with all this too. It's like yeah, I just, it's like it's all handheld right here. It's yeah, really cool. I remember just like being the, like, oh shit, go 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 go, get there because there's like the. A, I don't think there's any other handheld as chaotic in the movie until this mm-hmm. sequence, like maybe in the office a bit, but uh, I mean, there's one thing to be awed by action, but it's another thing to be like awed by it. Your heart racing, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible what they deliver. Like, I mean, oh. to deliver in one aspect is prime good enough, but to just have you fully invested and just exhilarated with this movie oh. is. And in the last, what, 30 minutes or so, you have vehicle carnage, you have shootouts, you have, you know, a giant kung fu scene, and then you have a foot chase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, now, and now we're like squids also. Yeah, trouble, trouble, trouble. and squids. Yeah. It's your, it's your uh, Death Star trench run. But it adds to, it adds as opposed to takes away, and I've complained about yeah. this many mm-hmm. times where it's like we're adding too much trouble on top of trouble in some of these movies. But here it's like, yeah, no, you need this extra layer given that the rest of the... There's nothing else at stake beyond well whether Neo gets back. So it's like, yeah, yes. I'll put everybody at stake. You want Morpheus to complete his mission as much as you do Neo's, even though Except, they're both yeah. linked together. Mm-hmm. You you believe in Morpheus and, you know, you want to see him have this go through. There is a lot of green here. There's not any more. Not in the 4K. Really? Have, there, there's a lot of degreen that's gone on with the 4K because that's it was that was added to the DVDs yeah, and added, kept right? with the yeah. kept with the Blu-ray and they've gone back to the original huh. film look for the 4Ks. Yeah, that's what I was trying to ask at the beginning because I, as I recall, because I I remember the, seeing this theatrically pretty vividly. Hmm. Uh, like it, I I always felt that when I got the VHS, where I was like, wait, there's. This seems notably greener than, than the, than the than yeah. The, the green came later, uh, and they went back to they restored it as was theatrical for the 4Ks. Which yeah, they're it's a marvelous set. This is this is one you know I will every time there's a new format I will always pick up this trilogy because the second two they aren't they they had that from the get go right that's yeah they, they were more kinda, green they kinda, already yeah they kind of matched it up with the with the sequels. they weren't as green I mean the, this. You know, this became like the cool filter to use all of a sudden. Like Fincher used it, the Wachowskis used it, um, and just became the default. Look at me, I made an adult thing. Uh, <laughs> filter. I, I'm glad that Fincher only used it like a couple times, always, because he kept. He, he loves cameras, so he's like, right. Nah, let me, let me. Panic room's gonna be different, guys. Like, let's let's, mm-hmm. let's let's mix this up. And then Zodiac's like, now I got some. I got the um. That was like the first red movie, or like one of the first like big red movies, I believe. Right. Like, for Zodiac, this is this is like the big R-rated scene to me. Yeah. because he's like, yeah, he shoots him. There's blood everywhere. Like, it, this is the scene that makes me think. You get rid of that blood splatter behind him, you could probably yeah survive that. Even um, then, you show like just the number of shots in the same way, like what, like uh, even like going back to like Doctor No, you had to cut down mm-hmm. the number of shots that James Bond shoots a guy with. Which was it? I was I was like Tarantino. I was listening to. Uh, something about uh, from Dust Till Dawn where they made like this decision early on, like if we just make the vampire blood green, we can make this gory as hell. And, and even though they still had to cut yeah. out, like they still had to cut out a ton of stuff from that movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, they went into room three hundred three, which is the same room Trinity was in at the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't know if it means anything, but and, no, Neo, I, and Neo's apartment was 101, so I assume there's some kind of. Well, he's the one. So. <laughs> oh right, never mind. Yeah. And she's third build. She's so. from uh, the. He's Trinity. The yeah, in Trinity. the in the Matrix pop group, the 303 girls. Yeah. <laughs> They're one of the rivals of Gemini holograms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Their songs are better. The, uh, the red, are better. the red lady was a backup singer on tour. Lay in the red dress. Mouse is a close-up magician in real life. If you want to talk about just go with it type scenes, this is one of them. Oh yeah, like, she just kisses him and he comes back to life. <laughs> like it's like it doesn't make a bit of sense whatsoever. Even if, with all the explanations we've gotten throughout this movie, it is like how does this work? It's a reversal though. It's normally the man kissing the woman. Yeah, no, it's it's neat as far as. Sub, uh, subverting ideas, but right. it's like, wait, he's just back? <laughs> well, you know, not to be a broken record, but the whole hero's journey thing, there is a death and resurrection right at the end of the, the journey. Sure, mm-hmm. but even then, you generally justify it in a way that makes yeah. some kind of plausible sense, where this movie's just like, in the midst of all this computer techno, she just kisses him and he wakes up. Yeah. It's fine. So, it's all she has. Reloaded does it too, where you're like Neo just reaches into her and takes the bullet out, and it's like she's better. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, right. And they can't even show it in live action because it just doesn't make a damn bit of sense. So it's like it's a good yeah, choice. Just, he, just, <laughs> he just grabs it. He just grabs it. <laughs> he just takes the bullet out. All he sees okay. is ones and zeros. Yeah. So that's his vision now for life. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I like Neo or Smith being just so frustrated at this point. By this, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like he like it'd be perfect. He pulled the book out during this and had it reading. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when he's just yeah, yeah. Yes. Don Davis's score is so triumphant. This one leg stand is pretty cool. I mean, everything need everything anybody does involving kung fu stuff is very cool in this movie. Right. In some ways, Agent Smith was the most human of all. You know, he does that flying Superman thing into Agent Smith, like uh, Trinity did through the window at the beginning from room yes. 303. Similar. The real agent was love. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this is one of the more 90 visual effects right here. When that right. Stuff happens. Like, that's, the, that's the most 90 shot in the movie. But you're also in a computer-generated world. This is that is the, one of the coolest shots. Where he like bends the world around him like that. Right. Like, it's like heart. It's like he just absorbed chi. Like that's what it looks like. Yeah. Let's get back inside the matrix or out of the matrix now. <laughs> These things are ruining everything. Oh right. Sorry, my mistake. Oh, phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was bending the room. Give me a second. <laughs> See, if this was a movie made now, this would be Neo coming back in here and then stopping them outside with a cliffhanger like they did at the end of Reloaded. That would be right here. And Smith would have followed him. Smith would have followed him. Yeah, I like that part of the... I wanted it to end, like, around there. I didn't like the end shot. The dun-dun-dun. I... I, the only problem I think is because it didn't establish Bane enough. No, to be it didn't. Like something that makes a ton of sense to every single person in the room. At yeah. the same time, I did pay attention. I dug it, and then the fucking Rage Against the Machine song is so cool as how it comes <laughs> in. So I was like, yes, all of this works for me. Uh, no, I, I had no problem with the jump, the the hard cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Especially because I feel like any, I mean, most people were informed that there's a second one coming out six months later. Like, well, and there was a credit tease at the end. Yeah. yeah. Not everyone knew that, though. I mean, but yeah, I, yeah. And this is a good uh, epilogue. Like, the movie didn't overstay its welcome and have, like, a, well, this is what happened. We go from here. And then has this nice little fun epilogue, which, you know, could be the, the opening for every TV episode of a Matrix TV series or something <laughs> like that. What but, I've always. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a big Fury guy, but what I, something I like about this epilogue is how this could easily apply to the end of Revolutions. Like, yeah. yes, it, you could easily take, this scene looks like it could be placed at the end of Revolutions where, like, Neo's still out there, even if he's not with the rest of the crew, and he's just saying, like, hey, we can free everybody now, because that's the deal we made. Like, that's, mm -hmm. it's... I'm still watching. That said, as an end of this movie, just specifically... First off, Rage Song kicks in, and it's really cool. I was so into Rage at this point, and these were, like, the good albums that were coming out at this time. But this song kicks in, it's so, like, fitting for this moment. And you're like, wait, what does Neo do now? He fucking flies. Right, <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's the one. And it's like, that's a great, like, even if there was never going to be a sequel, you're like, this guy's the one, and he can fly. And it's really cool looking. And you have wonder if it's a Back to the Future situation. Where it's like, if we knew we were going to do a sequel, we totally would not have made him fly at the scene. <laughs> Well, like, they they embraced it though the sequel. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. they really did. Yeah. That's still some of the best flying effects I've ever seen. It's great. It's because they know how to work the world around it. Like I would say, like I think Snyder actually does get that right too. The flying yeah. stuff, like it, regardless of the damage it costs every time he lands, <laughs> like it's still cool to look at. Because it's like it's the it's the bullet, it's the faster than a speeding bullet thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. what really makes it work. Like, and he goes like a bang, yeah. Yeah, they understand how air around him, let alone everything else, would kind of make a difference if there was a man flying that's at that speed through it. Hmm. <laughs> well, that one still holds up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went by it fast. Up. Like it. <laughs> so yeah, Carrie Ann's third. Is it Joe Pants's four? No, Joe Pants Hugo. is the and Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Joe Pants is the and credit, so then you get yeah. whoever else, Gloria Foster. Do we get the doubles now? Nope, no, just Joe Pants. Okay, then you get the doubles, right? Yeah, you quadruple. But yeah, that, <laughs> it's it works. <laughs> it holds yeah. up well. It looks great. These are composed, <laughs> orchestrated, and conducted by Don Davis. What a credit! <laughs> when people were looking for the Phantom Menace to be the next Star Wars, the Matrix showed up and was the next Star Wars. What do I always say? You get more money for being the first Matrix than the next Matrix. Mm-hmm. And we'd also get the Mummy too, like you mentioned. So it's like yeah. two two big things right before the one everybody was expecting. Which I not that the Phantom Menace was a huge, but oh no, it was the second biggest grossing movie of all time. Right. I mean, the the mummy. Speaking of bar mitzvahs, was like the movie I saw like the day after my bar mitzvah. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, this rocks. <laughs> this has been a good weekend, guys." <laughs> that was a good surprise. It was like, "Hey, got, you know, this is that movie out. We're waiting stars." And I was like, "Holy crap, this is really good." Yeah, that like in my my because I saw it with my dad. My dad's such like he's a old fashioned monster movie kind of fan, which is why like I'm happy to see like King mm -hmm. Kong's with him and the upcoming Godzilla with him and all these stuff. Cause, and like, the like, cruise mummy. 
and of course Cruise. Actually, he did like we saw he was there at that screening with me, and he he did enjoy it for both for the most part. It, it, you know, whatever. <laughs> like that's so did more your his... guests on the show? Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> as yes, Peter and Yancey did enjoy it more than. Uh, but regardless. Well, but thank yeah, you as always. Fun surprise. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to dash because it's late for me as well. Sure. Oh it's yeah, Scott, uh, it's late for you. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, where can people find more of your work online? Forbes. All right. <laughs> yeah, Forbes.com. You know, Picket Boots, Scott Middleton. Yeah. What's the P.O. P.O. Box the Disney checks go to? Disney slash um, box checks. Well, I'm certainly not giving my home address on this podcast. I don't know what kind I of mystery attacks you box. I, I don't have a P.O. box. You get, the, you get the Fox checks now, too, though, right? I do. I get the Fox checks now as well. Yeah, so now you have to give X Men movies good reviews. Well, are they, no, are they trying to? Are they paying you to give it a negative review so you oh, can just build the narrative of you need to yes. reboot this? Absolutely. Um, but they're on the fence about been, Deadpool, though, so you get like how you get half X Men movies for years. They knew what was going on. <laughs> There's a reason I was one of the only fans of X Men: Days of Future Past. I was on the dole back then. We'll ignore the Maleficent review I dropped a week later, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, that was to keep up appearances. Yeah. Ah. Um. Yeah. Oh. They pay me in Disney dollars. And mm. collector pins. And collector pins. And Aperna wanted to bribe me too, but they're poor, so they were trying to pay me in bison bucks. Hmm. And their, uh, and their Anomalisa action figures that didn't sell as well as they thought. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. I must... Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. This was fun. Good. Well, we'll, we'll see you next time. Always. <laughs> Take care. Later. All right. Now we can just read off the staff assistance for the Matrix and then wrap this thing up here. Yeah. So, okay, this movie ends... It's 1999. It makes a bunch of money. It wins. What I one of the things I remember beyond it's Academy Awards. It wins like all these MTV Movie Awards, and Jill Silver's like, "Just you guys wait until the sequel." Mm-hmm. What What are you excited about in '99 at that point when you hear that there's going to be sequels to the Matrix movies? I was I was I was kind of worried because I felt this was such a self wonderfully self contained thing. I was like, I I don't know. It, it was kind of odd. Um, I was into the whole Animatrix idea of just making these weird side stories, but then um, once filming got started on these and then the trailer, like, you know, I was went into Reloaded, like, super highly anticipated. I could not wait for that movie. So it built up on me. But I kind of liked, I was kind of in this mode, like, I kind of liked it just this standalone thing at, mm-hmm. at the time, oddly enough. Um, but I, I, once the time came around, I was more than happy to revisit the world and was super pumped for that movie. Yeah, I was but, just all in on the idea of seeing more of this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I couldn't. I was just like, yeah, give me like, look, look, what what are we gonna do with this? I I I'm naive enough to think that sequels could only be good. Right. Uh, it, it helped that I did like the sequel, but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, but more back, of this. back more then, sequels were a gamble whether it was gonna be good or like we get a lot of good sequels now. I don't think people understand like mm-hmm. getting a really good sequel wasn't a guarantee. Getting a solid one wasn't guarantee. It was a, it was a risk, um, but I don't know. Like I remember just 
the big thing with the next one was like, oh, I got to see this highway scene. The highway scene, the highway scene, highway scene, highway scene. Um, but where it could go from here, I was like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was interested in where they would take me. Um, but it was what was it? Four years? Yeah, ninety nine to two thousand three. Okay. Yeah. And the back to back thing, it, the back to back thing, I think was nice because I was like, oh, they have a clear idea what they want to do. But it was only going to be one. It was just too long. I think part of like originally, I'm sure that at the at time, the scripting stage it was going to be one. I yeah, that that's it. I I feel like I knew early on that they. I remember early on that they were making like there was going to be two sequels, mm-hmm. two two different two movies coming out because I, I like Joel Silver said like sequels. Like he said that a lot. Like we got we got sequels coming. And then Pirates <laughs> took off the you know piggyback. That I was like okay, well we're gonna do sequels back to back then. Mm-hmm. But. You know, and it's surprising this, you know, they, they talk this property coming back, but I've never really bought into it. It's uh, like, it's odd that they haven't had something off the ground by now. But with, you know, IP being what it is. I mean, I won't be surprised if something happens eventually. I just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it's where kind of was. like almost foolproofed itself into daring someone to try something, but... I, do you do a Matrix without the Wachowski influence? Like, I I, I think mean, it's trying so right now. much. That's yeah, what it seems like yeah. it's so much them. It's weird. Um, yeah, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like doing Mad Max without Miller, who did right. come back and was very successful coming back. Right. I don't. I don't. But I don't know if the Wachowskis are interested in continuing this series. It seems like they said all they want to say with this movie, and all that could be movies. said. And the movies aren't dated because because of the nature of. Um, the world they've built, like it's not dated, even though it's mm-hmm. '90s looking. That's just the program, you know. That's yeah. I don't know. Are there? I mean, I could say there's TV potential. You can tell off-brand story, even just do more Ada Matrix type stuff where you release short films. But are there? Are there series like that that come well after something's been like ended, but you like continue it on anyway via a TV show? I'm sure there are at this point. A TV show, oh, uh, Evil Dead. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. There you go. Evil Dead's a good. But example. that had its original creator behind it. Yeah, it had it had every single person involved that could be as far as that goes. But everything, and, it, like, and so it's such it, a it's such a cult property too, where it, it feels like that right it actually worked in its favor compared to something as big as the I don't I mean Lord of the Rings is going to get a show, but then again that's a that's been around for but it ever, won't basically. it won't be in the same era. It's not bringing people back. It's not the same era. Yeah. Um, but like with the Matrix, which if you want Keanu back, you want you're disrupting the success they had like that's one thing i think we're learning i think the the fanboy people that bring it back to star wars are having a hard time dealing with and don't understand is if you want more adventures with luke Leia and han you have to disrupt the peace and success and happiness you left them with to or get else them there's, back. No, there's no story to there's tell, no star wars like, everything's this, fine now is boring this, I, yeah this idealized version is just like what like han and han Leia are married they kick ass all the time and the luke is just a multi-jedi bad, master like no. it's like there's nothing there there's you nothing to shake fight up. yeah you gotta shake up their <laughs> damn world and then mm-hmm. luckily it was you know it was shaken up and then turned around on his head to question the shaking up and what you do when just you can't do it you know the luke character is a self-realization of like, well, shit, why even try, you know? But they, they dared make him interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
but you know that's that's with the Matrix. If you're bringing that cast back, like I don't know what. Yeah, what what are the next steps there? Um, but anyway, we can <laughs> we can we can harp more on that when we talk about Matrix Reloaded in a few years time. Um, but for now. Uh, where can people find more of your work, Brandon? Uh, com is where my written stuff is. And then uh, called Cinema Cavalcade, which is called CinemaCavalcade.com. It's my podcast. Uh, we have a hundredth one. Our 100th episode is coming up. Ooh. We're doing a Neil Breen's newest movie. Oh, perfect. Of course you are. Yes. Um, you can find me at thecodezeek.com. All my written stuff ends up over there. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You know where you can find our podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can follow our Facebook and Twitter page. Uh, thanks uh, to Scott Mendelson for joining us for this commentary track, as, long, as well as you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And Disney for have, letting us have Scott. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, you, that's uh, going to do it for this commentary track. What's next? Uh, April? April 2019? April. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. There's probably some ideas in there. Um we- I know aliens got a birthday coming. Did we did the first alien, or we just did the second one? We've done aliens. Aliens. We've done alien. We've done alien three. And in the alien vs predator. And alien vs predator requiem, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you got some other. I mean, we could, like we could talk about a Hellboy movie if you wanted to. Oh movie. yes, uh, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Or uh, any number of it. We got we got some ideas. We'll, we'll see. Golden we'll Army. Do. Yeah, Alien yeah. can hold off till June. So. If oh, that, yeah, with the, so, the alien day. Yeah, yeah no, we, we there's some ideas out there, that's for sure. But we'll figure all that out. Until next time, that's going to do it. So until then, so long and goodbye. I want to take you on a ride.